Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. Thanks for being here. It's the new year. We're already late to work, but happy that you showed up. It's the call-in show, Sunday Night Street Fight. That number to dial is 614-655-3887. You can come talk. You can come hang in the chat. Hopefully there's less going on in the chat this week than there was previously. Um, thank you to everybody that suffered through that with us. Uh, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all the greatest live streaming platforms, or of course, just get it as a podcast. Give us those likes and reviews, five stars, all of that stuff that everybody online begs you to do. And, uh, if you want more, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash street fight radio is the place to get bonus material, premium audio, digital zines. And discount codes on pre-orders. Uh, right now, we're pre- taking a pre-order for the uh, an injury to Gumball is an injury to all t-shirt. So the classic t-shirt, the logo of Gumball, my cat, as the uh, Sabo cat. We are redoing that shirt. It's at store.streetfightradio.com. And all the Patreons, you have a bonus code in your inbox. If you check, 20% off everything in the store. Uh, we are also coming to you live again later this month. We're going to be uh, live at Ruby Tuesday with another incomparable Street Fight Radio variety show featuring Jake Flores and the District Sentinel podcast. That's happening on Friday, January 24th. Tickets at store.streetfightradio.com. You can also come see us in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania on January 25th. Uh, that's where we're going to be later this month. Please come hang out with us again. It's going to be a whole new thing. We're going to, Jake is going to do his thing. District Sentinel are amazing live. I bet somebody gets uh, thrown into a garbage can. Uh, it's going to be a good show. Come hang with the gang on January 24th in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, pre-order that gumball shirt, too. We need, we're trying to get money together to, to put a proper studio. We're ready to ramp this thing up. Yeah, we need, we need space. Yeah. The boys need space. That's the plan. Oh, man. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Good Sunday, right? I was lazy day. Yeah, I played a lot of video games. Yeah, I actually got a charger for my Switch, so that's nice. Actually, I lost my charger. Oh, no. I haven't been able to play since we got back from tour. So you didn't have the cable? No. It was probably only $90 or something. 30 Affordable? Oh, yeah, okay. So I uh, plugged my Switch in before I left. I might actually play some video game, video games tonight. Yeah. But I'm probably not. I'm going to watch Wrestle Kingdom. I'm almost done with it. Two nights. Just an astounding amount of content. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's a lot. It is. It is. But it's a lot of good stuff. Give up your and- video game time. That's what I'm doing in 2020. My resolution was to take back my video game time and do way more video game and way less work. Oh, I've been doing uh, reading. More reading I've, than I've, video gaming. It's, I know it sounds pathetic, but it's just, I'm into a, I got a book that I really like and I'm like into it. You know, I consider reading something that has to happen every single night. Um, video games, I feel like is uh, like a, an hour or two of my time that I can choose to spend on that, that otherwise I'd be doing on like scrolling, scrolling or bullshit work stuff, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the reading is, I don't know, I don't read for pleasure. I read to, like, make myself go to bed. <laughs> Me too, but it doesn't work sometimes. I when do like get, to read, though. When you get a good book, it's, like, fucking hard to fall asleep, 
You know what I mean? Like that. It's one of those things. It's like I'm reading this fucking chaos that that Charles Manson book, and I can't fucking fall asleep because I just every page is like it's so up my alley because it's like so this is just this guy interviewing a bunch of fucking Hollywood weirdos from the sixties. And it's like, <laughs> they're all like cagey and weird or like what, what the last interview I read was with this guy, Terry Melcher, who uh, Manson was actually trying to kill when he killed all those people. And he was like drinking wine. And uh, he invited the, uh, he invited the author like to his rooftop thing. And he was like, you can have some of the wine if you want, but he only had one glass. <laughs> he's sitting there drinking and he just keeps leaving to go to the bathroom and disappearing because he's freaked out you know all these people are afraid of charles manson still you know so it's a good book though it's very fun it's very conspiracy like it's got me like feeling real conspiracy theory like is it real or fake it's real um it's not a conspiracy it's not a it's not like a conspiracy in that they're like the cia was charles manson you know what I mean? It's a conspiracy in the fact that, like, he was just hanging out with all these Hollywood people and shit was just so wild back then that, like, something like that had to happen, you know? Like, Eventually in Hollywood. wanted some wild card like that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like they're telling these stories of these parties and you're like, what the you, fuck you could, are these motherfuckers doing, man? Right. Yeah, before before cell phones, you could get away with it a lot. Yeah, more. tying a motherfucker to a pole and shoving shoes in his ass is like a fucking weird thing to do. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure, but that's what they used to get down. <laughs> yeah, I that's guess. That's why they were so afraid also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then like it was like they pulled way back because they were like, well... I guess that kind of partying leads to a Charles Manson, which I would have probably pulled back myself. Like, yeah. oh, I'm maybe partying a little too hard. Yeah. I made a Charles Manson. Yeah, but unfortunately, they still are committing lots of crimes. I don't know that they pulled back. It's just not as excessive, and it can't be as, you know. Yeah. I guess they did kill. Yeah, I mean, they do have, like, secret, probably. I mean, you hear about all the weird secret Hollywood stuff that's creepy. Yeah. You know? I, I hear that from Brace Belden, who tells me a lot about sure. uh, different pedophiles in hollywood (laughs) yeah uh this is our first time recording since uh wildly enough uh we were recording when salamani the guy that got in iran got killed Uh right the really popular guy so i think it goes without saying that like we're very anti-war and we don't want to go to war with iran (laughs) Iran is what we call it in Ohio, but it's hard for me to say Iran because it just, I grew up saying Iran. I did too. I mean, it's Iran here. (laughs) I don't expect people in, I I don't expect people in Iran to say Ohio (laughs) the way I do. (laughs) Ohio. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it it would just like, I went to the little uh, rally in, in Columbus and it was decently well attended and it was one of those ones where you're standing there and like all the cars that drive by are honking and like for it so it's weird because like i remember 2000 the the weird thing that's going on right is that in 2003 the internet was not what it is now and like that war was incredibly unpopular right like people hated it people I mean, they're, some of the biggest peace rallies in the history of this country happened in 2003 in the run-up to Iraq. And I, I wasn't anti-war at that time because I was a piece of shit hillbilly that didn't know 
I just believe the people on TV, you know? It's like, I remember talking to this guy one day and being like, uh, you watch the news? And he's like, well, he was a Nazi too. I was like, you watch the news? And he was like, oh, it's all Zionist shit. And I was like, well, sometimes I like to watch Fox News because it's like more American than the other news. <laughs> like they have a flag in the corner you, you and it's nice. That? Yeah, I did. I always remember that conversation now. Like for some reason, that conversation rings out in my head of me saying like, yeah, I, you know, I tend to like check out Fox News. It's like the more American news, you know, it's just better Americans there. And uh, I like to hear the American side of things. More solid American. As, as though like everything isn't the American side of the story. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's weird because there is. That unfortunate thing where people are like, well, this guy deserved to die, of course, but not like this. Or like there's a rule, like all the Democrats that are coming out and saying like the rule book says you can't do this. A like, bunch of fucking geniuses, by the way, that knew this, apparently knew who this guy was before this happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, I have to say that. If you want to, if you really want them to take notice, you have to break windows and do damage. I mean, just standing outside and saying, I disagree. I know. They don't really do much. It, they I, don't really mind those kind well, of protests. I, I think, and I, I feel like we should probably be on the ready for this too. I, I think hopefully a big thing will happen. You know, like these, these little, these rallies that like these local rallies are very hard to put together with no lead time. And and we're talking no lead time. This thing was Saturday. This, this assassination happened on Wednesday. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it really ends up being the first event to go viral is the one that everybody goes to. And like, that's probably not the best way to run a rally, but like if somehow, because like the thing about it is, they were really able to ignore the anti-war movement before because you, you I remember seeing those New York and DC and and California marches and being like uh and just like this is in 2011 this is all in hindsight but I would see the pictures of those and see the attendance figures of those marches and be like, God damn, there really were a lot of people out there that were right about this thing. They just didn't talk about them. I had no way of knowing them or who they were. I was like totally disconnected from whatever left there was at, at that period in time. But this time, uh, people are more connected and, and, and we are also a lot more cynical about the people selling the war because shit dude all the people on tv that i saw i didn't watch any of this on tv but you know you see the clips uh, like on on social media all day and it's all the same fucking people yeah. it's all the same fucking people saying we have to go to this war but oh, this time i'm right you know and it's like no you're wrong again it's wrong every time it's never good yeah, you know? yeah. You just have to. Uh, we have to figure out how to get more people activated into being out there, even just to make a big enough, mm -hmm. be a big enough crowd to, you know, uh, overtake the road or something at least. Also, just the thing that's been driving me crazy. I'll, I'll tell you the thing that's been driving me the most crazy is like a lot of times, and Liz Warren did this. A lot of people did it. They they talk about this guy like he was a terrorist. I don't know this guy, right? But one of the reasons they say he was this evil guy is that he attacked American soldiers abroad. And it's like, 
What the fuck are they that? I mean, that's, you know, hey, it, you would do the same fucking thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's been making me fucking nuts, dude. It's that's like, weird. that's who they're allowed to attack. They're like allowed to attack those guys. You know, they're shouldn't fucking be there anyway. <laughs> right, right. You know? they, they have a base. The base is the United States. When they leave that, they're like playing the, the deadly game. Yeah, they're fucking carrying guns, too. Like, that's the Yeah, they're trying to thing. kill people. They're running around with guns trying to kill people. You can't fucking do that, you know, without getting killed for it. Some people are going to get killed for that. Yeah. That's just the way it is. I don't know what this guy did. You know, like, I, really I don't, don't know anything. I, I, I asked Brace about it, actually, because him and Felix are the two guys I know that understand this stuff. And I asked them both and was kind of talking to Brace about it. And it he was just like, you know, I, you know, this guy, he probably wasn't great. He's a general and a military. But, and that's the other side of this, too, is they're like, this guy was a general. Right. And they're talking about all these people like he had killed or something like that. And it's like, let's start tallying up the body counts for the generals in America. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you want to start fucking doing that. We can really find out. That's not know? the conversation. I mean, that's the thing is those don't count. Those are those are wins. Those are points on the board. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so there. Theirs are like points we lose. Right. It's just so crazy that like the conversation is able to be laundered like that if that makes sense to you you know what i mean they like they can they wash do. that conversation up and make it seem so bloodless they make it all seem so bloodless i would like to hear some i would like to get some temperatures of your workplace i, I would I, too i would too i i don't know how I'm, i know that people are afraid i, I mean every you know i've seen a lot of people like oh draft's gonna happen which like it's not going to because they don't need that many people and they also have so many people in poor people that they they can take advantage of oh yeah that are there to do it and, and they can do so much of it remotely anymore too it's yeah. drone, oh, yeah. drone shit is easy yeah, right yeah yeah i agree i don't think there's gonna be a drive you know no. I, I just think that like but i lived through that terror too like i came through like i literally like 9 11 happened when I, like the year before i graduated high school <laughs> it was just like i was thinking i was like i went through my entire high school thinking that I was going into this bullshit ass world that they set you up for. And then all of a sudden everything was different, you know? Well, that's funny. It's just, it becomes like you worry about this kind of stuff because these, these kind of stupid ass decisions turn into decades of people right. that we know losing their life or soldiers coming back fucked up or all kinds of shit. I had so many friends, you know, that, uh, that I graduated with that came back with night terrors that committed suicide or that didn't come back. Like, so many kids that I used to hang out with. Yeah, the hope is the the hope is really that like now that the conversation can happen in, in sort of a, a more balanced way, that yeah. we can tip the scales a little bit to like getting people to think about I, what's happening. I, you know? I mean, I know I I'm in a, I'm in a vacuum, but I definitely know that I'm not the only person putting out content that's saying fuck America. I'll, I'm not going to die for this damn country. No, <laughs> right. There's millions of mean pages. People have shared of shit. That was just like, uh, not me. Like I didn't, I don't know nothing about shit. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm not I actually said nobody. like, uh, this is between like, he right These guys i am like i'll just that's a family affair that's the two <laughs> my like the family it's like the, <laughs> yeah. i don't know how you do it it's like your game not mine i mean obviously we, we don't pay for blood in my shit we don't pay for blood from with my i'm not doing that one thing we know is that there are probably a decent amount of like pro-war 
people. We do know that. No, people love it. that's the way things are. And the Democrats, the problem is that the Democrats still love it. They're just like, you're going to drag me there, but I'm going to say, this is not, a, this is not in the books, Mr. Trump. <laughs> like, they're going to do that. They're going to get dragged all the way to the war just saying, like, you're not allowed to do this while he does it. And then being totally ineffective and, and, and then shutting down any type of person that wants to come at it from a different point of view that isn't just capitulate it is it is like one of those things that like the dehumanization of everybody that doesn't live inside of these borders is so hard to overcome in a way because it's like you you would think and this is the way i think of it that like you would be like Oh, I understand why they're like really mad at us because we went over there and killed a million people. Yeah. You know, like that's bad. That thing we did was wrong and uh, we deserve it. We we deserve for them to be angry at us or whatever it is. And they're just like, no, they hate us because they can't something. I don't fucking know what they think. Now, I can't imagine a person in 2020, 19 years after 9-11 being like they hate us for our freedoms. I like just <laughs> yeah. can't even picture somebody actually saying that now after all we've done in, in 19 years. I mean, after I mean, everybody everybody that wanted a extended cab pickup has gotten one. Yeah. There's more than ever on the road. Yes. People are driving driving them all across the state to get everywhere. They are not they they are not taking away our freedoms. You can't no. you can't lean on that one. No. And they just you know, um, it has nothing to do the thing yeah, what, what just, is it's going it's a diseased mindset. It's a bloodthirsty, gross, um, imperialistic mindset. I mean, what is going on over there doesn't have fucking anything to do with America. Like there's no well, reason we fucked for up, us yeah. to be there. Right. Yeah. Well, no, nineteen years ago there wasn't a reason for us to be there. There's just none of that stuff. Or 2050, fucking however many years yeah. we've been fucking around over there. There's never been a reason for us to be there. They're there and we're here. It's fine. You know? Yeah. Let them do their thing there and we'll do our thing here. I don't think that that's like the worst idea in the world. Like, get them. There's no reason to be over there shooting people. I think about this so much. I think about this idea that there are every single day, there are still people from like poor neighborhoods and trailer parks and shit over there shooting people every fucking day. They're just still over there killing people. Yeah. It's like, stop, stop this. This has to stop. And then we have yeah. to take our lumps for it. Because I mean, we really fucking fucked a bunch of stuff up over there. Yeah, we got to start taking chainsaws to the light poles or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just no way to get through to people no. at this point. Uh, well, I think I, I they do just don't think, give a fuck. I mean, he just. I do hope that like because I am seeing on the various social media sites, I am seeing a lot of pushback on this and a lot of people that have good reasons and that are like explaining themselves and stuff like that and you, you know obviously we're not going to see a guy on twitter with sixty thousand followers that's following fifty nine thousand people and has an american flag avatar change his mind we're not going to see yeah. that happen right in person but i do think that like we can get to people who are not like totally poisoned by that shit yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I agree also. This is another one where even people that I know that are just like toy collectors, like just aren't obsessed with horror movies and toys, like they'll just come out and just be like a big anti-war just to like 
you know, it is something that we should be way more vocal about. You know, I don't know why. And, and it's just dies down. People, you know, we have people are too comfortable. Well, you just, the, it I, goes on for so long. I think they bank on it going on for 18 years where it's like hard to keep something like that in the forefront of your mind. For sure. You know, and, and, and if you live there, though, it's the only thing you can think about, you know, yeah. that's the thing is they keep all this stuff so far away from us. Like, we just don't even know what's happening. There's no way to know, you know? So, um, one of the things we like to do on this show is uh, talk about D.A.R.E. And uh, we talked about this on Teen Fight Radio, a Patreon-exclusive series on on the drugs episode with Karen Geyer. In Columbus, Ohio, there is a band, and it's made up of cops and they play guitars that look like machine guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've talked about them, I feel like, a couple times. I uh, I won a D.A.R.E. competition. There was an artistic competition to design a new D.A.R.E. license plate. And one of my buddies stuffed the ballot box for me. And I won a VHS copy of uh, Hot Pursuit How as, dare you. as the uh, prize. So what we're going to do today... Um, as we go through this show, we're not going to do it all at once, is uh, we're going to listen to the D.A.R.E. song, Brett. Okay. It's the D.A.R.E. song. To keep a kid off. The one we sang on Teen Fight? Mm-hmm. Why don't you help us? <laughs> oh, yeah. We <laughs> need help. All right. So yeah. Jason is going to play the first part of this. Now, I'm going to warn all the listeners. There's like a one-minute intro to this song for no reason at all. It just sucks. So you is can it, go ahead and start it. We got to listen to the whole thing? Yeah, we do. Okay, this is snappy. It's like George Michael, right? For those that don't know, I'm like, every time that drum goes off, I'm, I'm swinging at the camera. <laughs> See, the song would start now if this was normal. No, they're building tension. <laughs> this is a scary tale they're about to tell. I hope not. I'm not I, don't, I can't afford horror music right now. Here we go. This guy's a singer. They do. You can stop it there. It's just threats and bombs and war. So that's the first part of the song. Okay. What do you think about that? The kids are being told to grow up too Are they in crisis? They're, well, it's just, you know, they're like, grow up fast, my dude. I'm they're tired. not. I mean, they're more. I feel like they're they're pretty spoiled. <laughs> I know I'm old, but, well, but they're talking about us. That song's yeah, about us. This is us. what we came up. We did come up in this in a wolf's den. <laughs> yeah. This is about the life of us. I thought you're right. I mean, now that I, I remember the time period, yeah, basically everyone was on crack, right? Yeah, I mean, and to tell you the <laughs> truth, like I'd like my kid to grow up fast, just so I can like you know you get around get the back house. to my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, could you go? Why don't you steal the car in the middle of the night if you want food? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nice. Here, go ahead and start it again. We'll get a few more lyrics in. Yeah. Now that they're, they don't have time for child's play, and, and they're strangers in their home. This does sound know? like you, right? 
I mean, fucking, this is my life. This was you? When I came up in the heavy divorce days. Yeah. You know, like everybody was divorced. It right. was just Broken fucking, homes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like. Free nobody, drugs and broken homes. Nobody was getting through that marriage back then, you know? Um. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because they're, they've just always been around and it's always, it's never changed. Like, no. There's always, they, they were like the eighties. That was crazy. The seventies. That was crazy. The nineties. That was, it was always crazy. Like right now is crazy. I know. I know. It's always yeah. crazy. Crazy. People, yeah, are getting fucked up on drugs. Yeah, it rules. So uh, that's the and, first verse. But I have to say, I don't. It's not like a war zone, though. No, and I don't remember it being a war zone back then. I have to say that the singer sucks shit in this band. Singer. He is so bad. Like <laughs> probably self-appointed. That's how police get everywhere. They do bullshit ass like that. He's probably some clause where he can self-appoint himself to to head of the band. <laughs> This maestro of the band <laughs> this guy's a cop and he went and he fucking uh this guy's a cop and he went and he like recruited other guys and was like go to the force man and then we'll just start a rock and roll band yeah you know he went into his garage put on some oakley sunglasses a mesh shirt mesh belly shirt and just started <laughs> like beating on his tambourine and like screaming about you know how much he wanted to save kids from drugs <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to take some calls now. We'll, we'll get back to the Dare song eventually. Uh, let's take our first call. All right, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, hey, this is Grimy. What's up, Grimy? Hi, Grimy. How are you? Love the name. I'm doing good. How's the, how are you guys doing? And Jason, too. How's Jason? Jason, how are you doing? He's great. Two he thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs over up. There. He's playing the Dare song. He's loving it. So, speaking of the Dare song... If you guys haven't heard the McGruff the Crime Dog album, there's it came out in like 85 or something. It's incredible. I was just listening to Podcast The Ride, who uh, covered the McGruff the Crime Dog albums. And this motherfucker hired some real session musicians for that thing. Like some of the songs, you're like, this is fucking groovy, man. Like really goes? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The alcohol song specifically sounds like a Steely Dan song. You're like ready to just get down to it. <laughs> okay. Does it make you want to drink though? <laughs> you would. You would drink Ooh. on that song. There's also can... a song called Marijuana and a song called Inhalants. <laughs> we got to get somebody to do a cover of one of these. Yeah. <laughs> there's also one about like crack, I think, too. Yeah, there's crack and cocaine. And in the song, he's like, he says he does a little speaking part where he stops and he's like, if you know somebody that's doing cocaine, tell him to call 1-800-COCAINE. <laughs> and I was like, that's a fresh number. Can we get that for the show? There was a, Why was there always gravelly voiced men like telling kids what to do? Was that supposed to be comforting? <laughs> yeah, it's comforting. Like a grandpa? The same guy that yells at me. <laughs> right. All the time. <laughs> right. Is also telling me not to do things in a friendly way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Grimy? I've, I've got a getting fired story. Okay, let's hear it. So, like, 10 years ago, I worked at Sears, and uh, at the time, the CEO was, like, obsessed with Ayn Rand, and he thought that, like, running the company like a free market was a good idea, so all the departments were competing against each other. Yes. Uh, it was really weird. Uh, he made his own, like, social networking app that, like, you were required to post on. How Can I ask, like, how does, like, 
I hope he controlled for like the section because like the baby clothes section is going to sell a lot more than the washer and dryer section. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. And it was crazy because like then, like, I, I remember one year there was a, like, one of the things you could win is like a better spot in a sale paper for your department. So like uh, one year on Mother's Day, the front page of the sales paper was like, uh, the big deal was a big tool chest and uh, like a kid's dirt bike. Oh my! Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, they cheated. I mean, well, it's no, not they didn't cheating. cheat. No, they won a spot, they, and it went against it went against like a, any like reason, any reasonable but, thing that you would put on sale that weekend. And it also works so much like the real free market, where it's like, hey, the guy, the people that are not having trouble selling stuff. You know, we'll put them in the front of the paper so they can sell more stuff than any other. Because was it a commission job? I think it's commission, right? Sears was? Yeah. Yeah. Like the salesman made commission on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, it's just really stupid. It's, it's, um, I mean, part of having a business is there's some stuff that you only make a dollar on and then there's stuff that you make 10 times what you paid for it. You know, like you can't <laughs> yeah. just, you, you know, you bring people in with certain things. You know, not that I support, you know, being uh, broken down, having people go to school, study my brain to extract the most money out of me. Yeah. But it's unreasonable, like you said, for someone to be like, you got to sell a lot more dishwashers. It's like, <laughs> yeah. people don't buy those as much as baby clothes. Notion. It was a nuts way. It was a nuts way to run a company. It was just lunacy. Yeah. But, I mean, um, it's it really is true. Like, I mean, I can't imagine. I, I've never been a salesman. I've never been a salesman at Sears, particularly. I don't even think, is there any possible way that you even sell, like, there are days where you don't sell one appliance? If you're oh, working oh, in the sure. appliance. Absolutely. I also, I wasn't a salesman. I worked in the back. I was preventative maintenance. So I had to, like, change light bulbs and do little painting stuff or whatever. That's a great gig. And uh, a big part of my job was whenever anybody returned anything, I had to figure out what I was supposed to do with it. Okay. Like if we were going to, if I could fix it and sell it for cheaper. Um, but like, I don't know why they were getting rid of everybody in the back and changing the whole way that it was like, uh, uh, organized. And one of the managers from a different department told me that, um, he overheard my boss, like, laying out a plan to get rid of me where they were going to just send me all these emails, all this work I had to do so much. I couldn't get it done. So they could write me up for like not doing my job or whatever. Damn. <clears throat> and, uh, so they started doing that. And once I knew I was just got super committed to being the worst possible employee I could, that's fine. I would, uh, like the way that punching in worked, you could punch in. If you, if you missed a punch, like for when you got there, it would tell you the next time you punch, like, hey, you missed a punch this morning. Would you like to put it in now? And it's like, oh, hell yeah, I was here at 8 a.m. But really, you showed up at like 10. And the only way they checked it was another manager was supposed to, like, verify all of them. But there was so many in a day that they would just approve every single one. That's dope. So That's a great loophole. I would... It was in a mall, and I would just, like, go to the movie theater and, like, watch a movie... And then, like, while I was supposed to be working, <laughs> come back. Uh, just stuff like that all the time. Show up late, leave early, and just set my punches to say I was there on time. And then, also, I had control of the inventory system. 
So, like, uh, when people would return stuff, I could just mark it like it didn't get returned, and then who knew what happened to it? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wonderful. That's good. Yeah, that's great. It sounds like you had a real yeah. a real good setup for yourself there. How'd you, how'd you lose the job? So, they wrote me up a couple times. They finally got rid of me. Um, you know, they brought me into the office and were like, there's no job for you here. And, uh... I knew it, so I wasn't keeping anything in my office. I went back, I grabbed my coat, and um, as I'm walking out, this guy who was a semi-pro football player that they hired to, like, watch me, basically, um, grabbed my arm while I'm walking out, and he's like, I need your key and your uh, the key to your office and your discount card. And I gave him the key to the office. I'm like, I don't have a, the discount card. I would never shop here. I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> and... Uh, he picks up the phone to call his boss while he's still holding my arm to see if it's okay that I didn't have it. No. So I like, yeah, I like pulled my arm out of his grasp or whatever. Right. And I had this bottle of Pepsi that was, had a, the cap like barely screwed on and I chucked it against the wall <sighs> and it like exploded and just sprayed Pepsi all over his desk, his computer, everything. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that is the best yeah. way. Yeah. Sticky. <laughs> And then as I'm le- like, I go to storm out or whatever, and he grabs the fabric of my shirt, just pinches it between his thumb and forefinger and walks behind me all the way out of the building, holding the fabric of my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and what? like people were, yeah, it was nuts. I don't know That's, what he was doing. And the salesmen like the- were like asking me, there was a salesman who asked me to order a part for him for like a lawnmower as I'm walking out. And I was just like, I can't order shit. I'm getting fired right now. And uh, when I got outside, I told the guy not to quit playing. Or I hope he's good at football because he sucks at his job. <laughs> and then got in my car and drove away. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's it, it's like that's like a silent movie, like getting thrown out. Like, yeah. let's throw this guy out. And then you, like, gingerly grab a little piece of his cloth. And he's like, yeah. Get pulled out. Sorry, you know? I got a baby here. I yeah. hear him. That's tried sweet. To, baby long synchronizing me. They tried to fight my unemployment, uh. and uh, I and I just like you know like talked to the unemployment lady like she was a customer service person, like being super nice and all that, and then she uh, sided with me, and I still got my unemployment. Yeah, that's I love I love. I mean, I hate when they fight unemployment, but I, I like, like it, it when people get it, like when they do fight it, because it just fucking feels like a, a one last fuck you to the company. I don't even know why they fight yeah. it. Do they have to pay it? Yeah, I think they pay part of it or something. Oh, I'm not really sure. Okay. Yeah. I thought they just paid it. And I was just like, uh, I thought they just paid it. And I was like, oh, uh, who cares why fight it that just seems like they're being dicks but i guess if they're paying it they probably fight them all at sears yeah yeah Yeah. that stinks Uh, i hate it when find out one one cool like a way that some of my coworkers were stealing after i got fired uh what they would do is they would um they would take a lawnmower out of the box and put a reduced price tag on it put it out on the floor and then they would just load up the empty box with like whatever cameras, TVs, <laughs> anything they could fit in there. And then they would put it in the back. And then one of the other guys would come in and buy that model of lawnmower. And then they'd give them that box. Yeah. Oh, man. Mamma mia. That's, <laughs> that's a good steal. That's wonderful. <laughs> 
It is always funny, like, whenever you're at those places, though, where, like, it is a shit show, everybody, it's like just a thieves den, and everybody is just going wild. I remember when the toy store was clo- closing down, just, like, seeing guys, and we're like, oh, shit, you were stealing the whole time? He was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I was. Of course I was. They weren't paying us shit. <laughs> you know how much we were getting paid there? I felt when I found out those guys were doing that cool-ass scheme where I was like, why, you didn't cut me in on it? <laughs> right. <laughs> They didn't trust you, I guess. Or you, maybe you didn't work with yeah. them. I would have trusted you because you had a great position for stealing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You, you're somebody yeah. I would try to get your temperature. That's like something. I had an office with no cameras in it. I think about that a lot. That, that like, uh, the, uh, fuck, what was I thinking? Now I just lost what I think about a lot. I got to say, one of, my, one of my most effective works on several of the retail type jobs is always the put stuff in the trash. Just throw things in the trash of, you know, make a trash bag that doesn't have real trash in it, you know, but it's filled with stuff and then throw it away and then have somebody else go get it or pick it up at the end of the night or something. I bought a trash can at, um, home Depot once and I went through the self scan aisle and like, I just walked right out with the trash can. Like nobody looked in the trash can or anything. Yeah. And when I left, I felt like I lost money <laughs> yeah, on, on yeah, that deal, you yeah. know, because it was like, damn, there's a lot of expensive stuff in there. I could have thrown in that trash can. It would fit right in there. <laughs> Paid trash can prices for it. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in, Grimy. That was sweet. Yeah. Uh, can I just plug my uh, Twitter real quick? Hell yeah, you can. It's at JW Grimy. That's J-W-G-R-I-M-E-Y. All right. Thanks for calling in, Grimy. Thanks. Have a good night. The Jeez. children of the day have no time for child's play. This is also, it's also kind of, uh, it's also the, the Sears thing is kind of similar to Toys R Us, where it's just people that were like, there were people all the time coming here to look at toys and buy fucking toys. Like, well, how is this failing? And it's just because of goofy fucking money, right? Just money. Yeah. money in a computer just I pri- guess, like, private equity firms and like just shit that doesn't matter you know? i guess the sears business model to me seemed like kind of maybe harder to pull off and that like oh they, yeah i mean they've been around for like a hundred fucking yeah. years but they you sold, can't do it forever they sold everything and yeah. they had like expensive i mean being an anchor in a mall is probably not the cheapest rent true. in the world true, you true. know true and i just think people I mean, Amazon has replaced Sears. Oh, yeah. You know? Because Sears was like... I mean, they just fucking sold everything. They just... Everything. I remember one time I... I, uh, I This guy bought... Like, had a weird, like, bad-colored pair of jeans on. One time... And I don't know why. What color? I, I, they were just, like, that washed out... Like, just a really bad dad color Sonoma. sort of thing. Back when I was in high school, this okay. happened. This guy, and they were tight. This guy comes in with his tight pants on and somebody's like, where do you get those fucking pants? And he like answered seriously. And he was like, Sears. And they were like, ah, what are they? Craftsman pants? And just died laughing for hours. And it was my favorite thing of all time. Okay. I would wear craftsman, craftsman pants, pants now. Pants, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if because you blow out the crotches and stuff on those, <laughs> you could take them right back and say, these things aren't craftsmen at all. Ah, craftsman cologne. Ah! Every time somebody got something at Sears, people would make fun of them and say it was craftsman brand. <laughs> I mean, I still will. Um, I will still revitalize an, a Sears bike up to a certain year. I mean, it was they used to sell some okay stuff. I know my dad still rocks some craftsman tools. I, I mean, the the clothes were bad. 
The clothes were not the tightest. They were not. I don't even know what the clothes were. So, I mean, well, I mean, they sold a lot of Carhartt stuff, which is cool. But Oh, no, they didn't, actually. You know what they sold at, what Sears? They sold at Sears? You know what they sold at Sears? Because my grandma used to it was give a party. Sears brand. Rustler jeans. <laughs> Rustler. And if you fucking showed up to school in Rustlers, you were dead. Like, people okay. would actually well, kill you for that. It happens. Like, damn, is he wearing Rustlers? Are those... Ru I remember one time somebody saw my Rustlers. Because you couldn't wear Wranglers either. And somebody was like, are those pants fucking Wranglers? And I was like, no. <laughs> and they were like, what are they? And I said, Rustlers. And they were like, ah! <laughs> See, and this is why, this is why I'm on a platform of pro. Like, we need to get rid of all intellectual property. And we need to stop making cheap clothes. We need to make clothes that every. We just make Wranglers and not Rustlers. We need to get rid of Rustlers altogether and get everybody Wranglers. Yeah, Wranglers are cool now. You could wear Wranglers now and get away with it. Back then, but there it was should. Just like yeah, no there's Wranglers. no re reason to make like seventeen dollars shoes. We should just get people shoes that look like the ones that we all want. I know the, the stylish ones that we all agree that we like. I know. Let's say they, make, they waste all their time like trying to make a better fifteen dollars shoe. There just isn't one to mark enough ass souls man those <laughs> yeah. are the most embarrassing things in the world when you walk into a place and your souls mark up the floor and you're like yeesh i bought <laughs> yeah. these fucking 250 dollar red wing shoes because they were is like in 2011 they were like union made and they were like shoes and i was like i'm gonna buy these fucking union made shoes and they were ugly but they were union made so i felt good about it you know and then the first time i walked into my kid's school and i started marking up the floor <laughs> i was like fuck these shoes and i just never wore them what? again wow just marking that floor up you're just walking and like a little black streak shows up and you're like Eesh. oh wait the black orthopedic looking shoes yeah okay. yeah Okay. Yeah, they were bad. Like, the, but they, like a soft, if they didn't soft, mark what up, is, the, what, why is it like that? If they didn't mark up the fucking floor, I probably would have continued to wear them and try to get them over. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Stop making shoes that don't mark up the floor. How's it going tonight? Oh shit! What's up? Uh, you guys hearing okay? Yep, yeah, we can hear you. You're calling from inside right. of a tin can, right? Oh uh, yeah, I'm calling from my kitchen. I'm doing the damn dishes. What's up? All right, George Wait. from. George from where? Hamilton, Ohio. Ah, I've been there before. My my in-laws, my uh, my grandmother-in-law was from there. What's up, George? Uh, not, I'm like a new uh, recent listener to the show, first time caller. Uh, I just wanted to commend you guys about all the dad tips that you give. Because <laughs> uh, like I'm a new dad. Well, my kid's like, oh, kid's like a year and a half old. Uh-huh. But, here, give me, hold on a second. Okay. Hey, Shit. you know, it's fine. I I uh, <clears throat> I like hearing that I'm a dad, like a good dad, because I don't have to, like, actually parent anymore, because my kid's 15, you know? You kind of just, when they turn 15, you just kind of live with them. They're just roommates at that point. <laughs> Sometimes you have to be like, don't be an asshole, but that's about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Hey, can you hear me better now? Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yes. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, no, I'm a new dad and I had trouble with it. Like my kid is, she was like an oopsie kid. Yeah. Mine like, too. Uh, <laughs> and like, I struggled with it through the whole pregnancy and, um, 
because and I feel like it was mostly because I didn't know a lot of people who were kind of like like I was when my lady friend got pregnant I was living in Chicago doing like stand-up comedy and going to punk shows all the time <clears throat> and I was like 28 and I was like oh yeah I'm just gonna do this forever and then she got <laughs> pregnant and I was like ah fuck Dude, we're, but, uh, I, it's astounding. We're sort of in the same place. I wasn't like going to punk shows and stuff, but I was like, you know, I was like 28, I was 26 and I was partying pretty fucking hard. Me and my wife, basically like every, I mean, we partied every single fucking night. We would go out and, you know, stay up all fucking night and go to work. And then she got pregnant at, when I was 26. And that's kind of the same sort of thing in the pregnancy for me too, is like, I mean, I hate to say it, but I like was not excited during the pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, uh, I don't know. I was, I got to some pretty weird places in my mind, but then finally I was like, and I was in Chicago. She lives in, she lived in, well, she grew up around here in like the Middletown, Hamilton area. And she was down here. So we were kind of separate and there was like a hanging question as to whether I'd be a part of this or not. And then finally one night I was just like at an open mic in Chicago and I was like, there was some dude who was like 40 going up at the open mic who's like a Chicago legend and like he's just like a drunk that's hung around Chicago comedy for forever. <clears throat> and I was like, fuck, do I want like like 20 years from now is this daughter who I never met going to like come up and find me in Chicago like at a dive bar like doing comedy and being like, oh, what's up, kid? So I decided to come down here and be a part of it. But what uh, I appreciate you guys talking about it for is I feel like part of the reason I had such trouble accepting it is I didn't know anybody who was kind of like me. I knew like three people and they're ones that I called like right away when I found out about it. But I had trouble conceptualizing what being a father in my like station in life would be. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I was sort of, I was kind of I mean. Like it's it, pregnancy when, 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 when you're dealing when in that nine months and even I would say in the first three years uh, of the kid's life, uh, you build a lot of things up in your mind. Like, and, and like you start like borrow, uh, Brett says this sometimes, but you start like borrowing problems from the future. Like, what am I going to do when she's dating? Like, what am I going to do if she does drugs and shit like that? <laughs> And like, I just sort of, I don't know, like it clicked for me. How old was your kid when it clicked for you? When did, yeah, are you talking me or Brad? You, you, you. I mean, I don't feel like clicked. Well, it kind of clicked like when she, like I was there when she was born, like the moment she was born and I was just kind of like, like, oh shit, this is like a thing now. And it just kind of, I don't know. I feel like some acceptance just kind of fell over me but i'm still like because i decided to be a part of her life like it's not like I, people ask me all like my childless friends on um, like in like chicago on the west coast they're like how's life because i think they're expecting me to say it sucks and i'll always be like you know being a dad is great like i actually love being dad it's like all this other bullshit that i have to do like be a functional dad yeah <laughs> i'm with you i am i mean the thing with me was like brett's way different in this respect is that like i i was still working for a living like a real job a 40 hour a 40 hour plus a week job when when gwen was born 
And uh, I, <laughs> for better, for I think it's bad, obviously, but I, I was also doing a fuckload of opi opiates and shit like that. Uh, I was very hands-off and probably not the best dad. Every once in a while, I'd like, change a diaper, but I barely spent any time alone with her. But then at about three years old, uh, I got injured and, and had to be off work for like a year. And uh, I was home with her and uh, it, it just built this connection. And it was like once 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 I sort of uh, once I was able to talk to her and once I was in the right frame of mind, it became like a like a joy. Like, I'm glad I did it. You know, like, I'm glad I ended up having a kid where whereas in the first for me, like in the first year. I just, I don't even know what I would have said had somebody asked me what I thought of it. I did. I, I haven't had another one because having an infant is hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of like when I was in Chicago, I was doing, I was doing like gig economy bullshit, like working for caviar. And then I immediately switched from that to, uh, coming down like i came down here and got like a 40 hour job 40 hours a week job at a like a steel processing facility and just kind of like hopped into the like domestic ohio life and it was like that was the biggest like sea change for me and that's kind of still the toughest thing to adjust to do you think can you get to cincinnati to do open mics and stuff yeah, I'm, I've gone down there a few times and like I know some people down there, but I'm not, I'm not like another factor in this is Chicago kind of burnt me out on stand up comedy for a while. <laughs> I know the feeling. I think about it every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll figure out, I mean, you're in the part of being a dad where you don't get to do a whole lot of other stuff, but as the years go, more of your time you get more of your time back when until ultimately you get it all. But like, uh, it took, you know, my kid, once she was 13, I basically got all my time back. Like she doesn't hang out with at home on the weekends and I can leave her there by herself. And, and, uh, I got all my time back. I'm pretty open to do whatever I want. And you just have to have in your mind, like there isn't some magic age that you have to like, be successful at comedy or something by in order to be successful. Like it can happen anytime in your life. And, and like, I, I, my advice would be to like, enjoy the time you have now with the kid, because I can tell you <laughs> that they take up so much time in your life and then they turn 13 and they don't want to be around you. And you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How old's your kid? Uh, she's one in a, she's like one and a half going on one in, I don't know, it's like seven months, however you phrase it. Oh, I yeah, never many months that is, but, uh, Oh yeah, that's early. Yeah. She's, uh, yeah, she's, I mean, she, and she's awesome. She's great. I couldn't have asked for a better kid, not having expected one whatsoever in my life, but I'll tell you what too. Toddlers, yeah, toddlers fucking rule. They're like the cutest things on the planet to me. Yeah, I mean, it gets, I mean, it really does. I mean, as they get older, they get smarter, they get better. At the beginning, it is just like a pet, but then it turns into like a way cooler pet <laughs> <laughs> that can hang out with you and shit. Um, uh, but 
you know, it is frustrating. Uh, it is in a way it's, it's kind of weird for me because it's like they, I, she's takes so much of my energy and time away from stuff that I could be doing. Uh, but at the same time, she also like gives me a lot of motivation to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, it's kind of like she just it just really uh, for me, it was a good change in my life to like make sure that things were in order and make sure that like, you know, like you said, like I got to make sure that I do now it's up to me to to do the best for myself because someone else is relying on me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's, I don't know. They, yeah. This is why I like tuning in to you guys. It's for the little, like the stories that you guys tell, like, uh, Brian, a couple weeks ago, you were talking about how you just spent time with your daughter, like watching TikToks on her phone with her. And it's like that kind of stuff. Just, uh, you know, like other, other, uh, scrappy types of people who have kids. That's what I look for. Cause that's what I relate to. So thanks yeah. for, uh, sharing your expertise guys oh yeah i mean it can be way easier i mean i i think that i've people you know think i run like a, a strict ship and it's it's very permissive with <laughs> a lot of things but uh you know you just gotta i just try to keep it between the lines on a lot on, on certain issues um but it really you you see most people are stressing themselves out and people are going out of their way to come up with something to be afraid of or or, or making up uh, reasons to be afraid of, you know, their kid watching something or doing something or whatever it is. It's it's really all a bunch of nonsense. Parent, you just realize how goofy it is. At parents, like obviously, there's no there's no vetting process because there are a lot of goofballs that get or become parents. <laughs> yeah, especially in this state. I'm not from Ohio, but I don't know. People kind of have a lot of kids around here. Yeah, it's quiverful. It's quiverful lifeful uh, lifestyle outside of the the uh, major cities. I mean, I, I everybody I know has a kid. That's the thing. <laughs> well, uh, George, thanks for calling and good luck. Keep us posted on yeah. on your journey for real. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I might be able. I was uh, thinking about coming to Columbus at the end of the month for the show. I'm a I've met Jake Flores once when I'm a big fan of his and I was excited for it, but now I got to go to a funeral in, in California, but, uh, oh, good no. luck with that. And, uh, there's <laughs> two more. The guy, but... There's two more. There's so we... yeah, there'll be right. two more, but Jake is going to do, All Jake's right. going to do like a, we're going to get him to do his damn thing. It's going to be a good show. Hell yeah. Have a good night, George. Peace. All right. So we, uh, we, uh, took two calls now. We have to do some dare song. Let's okay. let's get some more dare What's going the next here. Part of this, Jason. Me, I love drugs more than love and hugs. No chorus yet. Just eight minutes into the song. Stop. No chorus yet. We will give the chorus after we take some more calls. But yeah, he's fired up. He's going nuts. He's going we're gonna, off. We're gonna, have Jason, to do a, we're gonna have to do a video roundup of this or something. We're going to. We're going because I'm looking at the guy's face. He's got the he's got the big mustache. You know, like yeah. the hot mustache, and he's just hollering his fucking guts. I know. Out I, he's this. in love. Jason, can you tell me how many how long we are into the video? 
we're at one minute and 42 seconds and we don't have a chorus yet. And the famous. It's about to pop off. <laughs> yeah, the famous uh, corn song, Y'all Want a Single Say Fuck That, was made because uh, a song is supposed to be two minutes and 30 seconds and have a chorus within the first like 25 seconds or some yeah, shit. Way back in the day. But a minute, a minute 40. Uh, look, I'm not strict on songwriting conventions, okay? I like the Mars Volta, you know? But a minute 40 is too long to go before your chorus. Who wrote this? I, like, I mean, I now, like... I mean, the best music now that does the best is, is 58 seconds of all chorus. <laughs> yeah. That's the most popular music on Spotify yeah. and SoundCloud. I guess like my, the weird thing about this that's, that's, that's fucking cracking me up is like, it's so wordy, right? And well, it, yeah. So I mean, we. They destroy their useful it's years. Bold. Like, let's it's bold. It's like an opera. Let me say that it's opera. a rock. It's a rock opera. Yeah, it's like it's a lot like Bohemian Rhapsody in a way, or like Tommy. But the Hot Pursuit should have so, done a concept album. I this think. is about us. When this is the kids of the of America, us. We're living in what? Hell. Like Basically living in hell. hell. Our parents are every, divorced. Every, We've given up on love and hugs. Kids don't. Kids are are uh godless heathens that just think that they can buy all their happiness with drugs now yeah and they're like your grandpa when your grandma tries to hug you and you say no that just indicates that you're about to do drugs kids are wearing jeans and they have holes in the knees (laughs) (laughs) that's a fucking lyric yeah i mean it's just like it just sounds like degradation of society you know no you know what's better you know how how you do this is you say kids are wearing jeans they buy them with holes in the knees because you gotta say they buy them that way right because they're fucking blowing their money on it (laughs) yeah fucking parents when i was a kid Parents are like, these fucking kids. They were mad. They're buying pants with holes in them already. Yeah. Shorts cut off. They're already cut off. They yep. don't even get a pair of pants wear out of them. Every dad went came home <laughs> from work and said, oh, I guess these are worth $120. Then. <laughs> I almost bought a pair of pants with a huge hole in the knee yesterday. And I was like, nah, I'm too old. Thrift store, man. So Thrift I bought a pair of cargos. All right. All right. I'm just cargo man now. But these ones have a zipper on the side. Holy knee is, uh, it's good for ventilation. <laughs> but no, it's, I mean, you don't need ventilation in jeans. Yeah. No. It was shorts. I always felt like holding a knee is just, you should wear shorts. You know what I'm saying? Mm, no. I'm pro holding the knee. Well, style. I mean, look, I li- I'm a guy that understands style. I like style. Okay. Okay? okay. I'm not saying I don't like style. Uh, but it's not functional. But yeah, it's not functional. It's like, don't Fix fucking run around knee. telling me there's utility to the hole in the knee. You just buy a pair of goddamn shorts. You know? Um, I want my calves covered. Why? What is... Your calves don't even get cold. There's, like, nothing there. My calves okay. have never been... I have never said... I'm sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> I, I do have calves. I do, too. But there's nothing there to get cold. Okay. Okay. Fucking hard as shit. Sorry. The calves are hard. They should never be cold. Okay. It's basically having a little heater in your leg. I've See? never in my life, never, not one time, been like, oh shit, my calves are cold. You never wear jeans in the summer and wish there was a little bit of air vent? No, I, I'm not saying that. That's why you I'm need saying... holes in the knees, bro. <laughs> but my knees would get cold in the winter. What I'm saying is, in the summertime, yes, 
whatever. You do what you got to do in the summer for fashion. I'm fine with it. I'm saying that, like, you could just wear shorts and you can wear them every day for your whole life because the truth is the bottom of your legs never get cold. But the bottom of my legs never been cold once in okay. my life. Okay. It's like the top of my arms and the bottom of my legs are never cold. And that's for everybody. You're, you're, Every human. Your, everyone is just like you. Fucking, if you call in here and tell me even once that your calves have been cold, we'll send you a prize. Let's take the next call. <laughs> you're trying to get us bankrupt. <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey there, it's Jason from Portland, Oregon. What's up, so Jason, Jason from Portland? Have your calves ever been cold? Have my calves ever been cold? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. I grew liar. up in the Northeast. I grew up in Mass. No, straight up. I grew up in Massachusetts. Sometimes the winters there are really fucking like wet and awful. And I just, you know, sometimes I'm out wearing jeans and shit. You step through some fucking yep. slush, and then you know you're fucked. All right, your whole like your whole mid leg is now gonna freeze off. It's gonna feel like that. All right, you DM the Street um, Fight account. Since I'm wrong, we'll send you something because I was wrong. <laughs> so people's calves <laughs> get cold. I didn't know what is it. Something. A prize. Just something. Okay. Just we have fucking a whole shelf of prizes. Okay. That they're not good prizes. The prize shelf. But there's prize. There's a shelf with prizes on it. Well, like, uh, what we got over here? Yeah. We got a water bottle over there, maybe? Sure. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. We got I'll, uh, shirts. I'll have to hit you up for it. Weird I, comic books. I love a good water bottle. We have comic books. Yeah, we got stuff. Okay, so. Man, you know what? I got a beef with the library because they do not have any radical materials there at all. Yeah. I hate that place a little bit. Like they even the, the that shit is free. Like the anarchist can, cookbook is at the uh, main library. You can't get like Emma Goldman stuff. You can't get any like anarchist books from the That's library. That's crazy. Yeah, they, you can't get them in, in Grandview neither. It's, Me and Jason and our friends used to drive to the main library and leaf through the anarchist cookbook every once in a while because they had it there. Yeah, we could have goddamn bought the book, <laughs> but instead we drove there and we're like, let's look fucking look through this thing. Let's make Why some do you napalm. Just get it out. You weren't allowed to check it out. You were only allowed to look at it there. What? Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, nope. That was the rules, right? Am I right about that, Jason? It was a reference book. Okay. A bad one. Yeah. You know, we did try a lot of the stuff. We made a lot of napalm in our day. So uh, what's up, man? How how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm a, uh, I'm, I've been sort of like, I'm in uh, San Diego right now. Oh, that place I, is uh, warm. It, yeah, honestly, that's why I drove down here. I like, uh, I hit up some people I met online and I like was working on this farm. Um, you're working on a farm? And, um, yeah, yeah, I'm working on a horse farm right now. Let me just say this, Jason, I, this Jason on the phone, not Jason, Jason, the producer. We have more farmer listeners. Yeah. Than any other show I would put other than like a show on like farming, I would put our number, put it like this. We have more farmer listeners than Chapo has farmer listeners. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Can we get a thing. trophy for I that? I mean, it kind of, we have the most yeah, farmer I, listeners. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a vibe. I believe you. Um, so what, I, how's the horse farm to work at? 
the the horse pond's good, you know. It's like it's mostly, you know, it's like this person with they had like a big property. So then what they did is they just like they house a bunch of people's horses, um, and they're just like taking care of them the whole time. It's so, like you know other people who like have the money for horses, but they they don't want they like can't keep them at their house. Do yeah, they, they, they? They like the idea um, of having horses, but they don't want to do any of the like care and upkeep of the horses. I mean, like it it doesn't always need to be like that. I was talking to a woman today. She owns this horse. She, you know, she seems like she she straight up like works, but she like. uh and she was saying that she like lives in the city and she like lives alone. She's just like a like single old woman. And she was from Kentucky originally. I don't know. It seemed more legit than that. But hey, I'm sure how often how there often are did people that don't want to commit to taking care of their horse. Right. How often do the people visit their horses? Uh uh, I've only been here for a little bit so far. So it's hard for me to like really gauge that um but you know i think like so far i like i've met this person who visits every day okay well hey um, if you're visiting yeah. your whole if you because like so i have this like i i'm not a pet guy at all i don't have any pets and i would never get a pet you know because i don't like them i'm fine with other people having them i just don't like them uh, but like there, are, I live in the city and most people in the city don't have a large yard, right? Like you probably, oh, got, yeah, yeah. you probably got like a half, you don't have anything, right? Like I have a, I have a backyard that's considered big for living in a city for living in the city. Sure. Mine's considered a big backyard. Sure. And like people have these huge fucking dogs, you know? I've been I've I've been screaming about this forever. Yeah. If you live, you either got to choose living in the city or having a huge dog. You don't. You can't like have a huge dog right. and also like get to live in your teeny tiny small place. It, it like seems so cruel. So yeah. like, I would imagine with horses, it is like, do the horses get to like run free and like run around? Uh, um. They can, like, if if the lady has, like, energy to do it. Uh, straight up, like, this one person I was talking to, I think th this horse seems like she, this is the one of the few ways she makes money. Uh, how, how do you make money with a like, horse? This is, you, like, take it to the trap. You, like, you know, you let people ride it so people can bet on it. Okay. And stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, that's um, smart. And, like, I, I think she's probably getting, like, a small cut of that of that cash you know what i mean yeah um, yeah that's a good idea i mean i mean i mean it makes sense like when the way you talk about it, imagine like you go to a dog park and there's like a dog running around and it's like your dog and you pay like just 40 dollars a month and you're like yeah man i pay for that food and all that shit and like someone someone else cleans up after it and houses it but it's like your dog when you go well it's like that's that's fine that's a good relationship i would be like, totally okay with city people getting huge dogs and just like there's a going piece to of a, land where the dog can run around that's where it lives it. you have to go visit your dog you that know? you pay yeah. for and lives there i just like the thing about it is also in a lot of cities you can't really let them off the leash 
in a public park. And yeah, to be shouldn't. completely honest, I don't like it. When no, totally. Yeah. It yeah. Shouldn't be around. yeah. I don't really 100%. like it when they're off the leash because it's sort of like now I'm dealing with your dog. Now right. your dog's up smelling my feet, my balls, and my ass while I'm walking. Right. You know? Right. The other day, I went to a park, and there were three people there with their dogs, like, not on chain on leashes, and they were, like, kind of throwing stuff with them. I think it's cute. Like, I think it's cool. They're at a park. They're actually exercising their dog, which a lot of people don't do that shit. You know? Right. A lot of people are just, like, put it in a fucking cage. I'll come back and get it tomorrow. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, I'm standing out in somebody's house. The dog's going to be in a cage the whole time. So I'm like, Fine. With them out there running their dogs around in a park. But as I walk down the path, all three of them are like right behind me, following me. And then the people are like, hey, 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 and yelling at their dogs. And I'm just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now it's my problem. I feel like I got to stop now so that you can get like a bunch of bad energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I feel like I got a bunch of dogs in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got the dog in trouble. He's decided to follow me. So are you enjoying it? Do you yeah. think you're a horse person now? Oh, uh, I'll tell you what. It, it's definitely better than, you know, like living in a tent. I was living in a tent like for four days. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then I finally got like linked up with this and it it, it was pretty good. It was This is a much better change of pace. All right. Yeah, that sounds like a great... Um, that's like living in a tent... I can't be in a tent at all. So I I, uh, I hate tents so much. We grew up, my parents, like, would fucking be, like, giving grief. Like, so, okay, we would go camping, right? And my parents would give grief to anybody that was in a camper because they weren't in a tent. Do you remember that, Jason? They would just be like, that's how you camping oh what they got a tv that's not even camp now they got a camper but it was like you're sleeping in a tent it feels like sleeping in a plastic bag i feel for you it just is like sweaty and gross it's cold you wake up wet every time when i went to woodstock 99 we took a tent okay we're gonna set the tent up outside no stakes forgot the stakes Ooh, did no. not have any tent no stakes. no no go to walmart we'll buy some stakes out of stakes completely out of stakes at the walmart they were out of everything <laughs> they were out of everything because walmart was like overrun they like weren't expecting however many people showed up to woodstock 99 so we buy these little p-hook things that are thin as fuck they're so thin and they're like shaped like a p and you stick them in and i was like i'm gonna go ahead and uh I'm going to go over there and I'm going to uh, uh, sleep in a tent. You can sleep in the car. I slept in a tent and it just turned into a fucking blanket. It just <laughs> it was basically a blanket. By the end of the night, I was like covered up with the tent because it wouldn't stay up. <laughs> miserable. Miserable. That's why I left before the riots. A lot Sounds of people are like, oh, you went to Woodstock 99. How are, how are the riots? And I was like, well, I left because it was uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. No, I left uh, day three. Cause like I was like, what are we looking forward to? Like the red hot chili peppers? <laughs> Gives a shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I can see that. But so you're? Uh, do you think like? Uh, do you think you're gonna stick around there? Or are you just gonna stay in uh, San Diego? So uh, the reason I'm down here, it's also partially partially the reason why I'm calling, is I'm trying to. Uh, last time I was here, I like was just on a road trip. And I, um, I heard that there are people who are like, there are a lot of like Americans now moving to Tijuana 
like a lot more than before because it's like cheaper to live there and then work in San Diego. Um, and kind of like, kind of curious how that works, uh, like border wise, especially with all like the crazy shit that we hear about the wall, like kind of fucking silly that we also have like people like, yeah, it seems like a good idea. Across the border every day. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, how, how can we pretend that the wall would be a good idea when like American, like, are like, you know, the way they make ends meet is by fucking crossing that board. Like, well, what the fuck? Like, and then, and then we, and well, and then we also treat the, the, the Mexicans who want to do the same with such like the same. Right. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering what it's like to cross back over into the United States because, uh, we hung out with, uh, John and Stefan and Daniel from Blocked Party. And uh, we were talking to them and they said it took them like three and a half hours to get across. Like you get to the border and then you wait in line for three and a half hours. And it like just it, it extends the drive like an, a tremendous amount. You don't know if you're going to get stopped and searched and shit like that. And it just seems like it seems like a fucking nightmare, you know, like to have to cross it back and forth. But I mean. Yeah, I wonder what it is. I I wonder if it is cheaper in Tijuana. For some reason, to me, it's like when I hear Tijuana or like any of the Mexico City or something like that. I I guess I just kind of extrapolate that to be almost like a major American city where it would be just as expensive to live in a place like that. Although I I guess like maybe our money's worth more or something over there. But like I just kind of feel like it's it's probably not as cheap as we think it is. We should ask Dan that because he lives down there now. Dank Gettle. He's not Dank Metal anymore because he moved. Yeah, from- <laughs> I mean that's why that's why I'm uh that's why I'm down here. I like I really want to see and like learn about that stuff. And um yeah I'm calling in if uh people want to hit me up maybe if there's anybody peep who's listening right now who's maybe doing that. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, what? Chat. Um, how can they get a hold of you or on another site? Um, I'm on. I guess they could. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I, I feel bad plugging my Instagram and stuff. Oh, dude, don't worry about it. We usually uh, like people too. If you want to yeah. plug it, they can get a hold of you and let you know. If somebody's doing it, they'll get a hold yeah. of you and let you know. Yeah, we all play that game. Yeah, I'm on um I'm on Instagram at means our power. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a graffiti account. A R E power? Weird. R just R. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks yeah. for calling in and yeah. I hope you get I hope you get what you need and, and if you decide to do it, call us and let us know what it's like because I, I I'm actually curious about that. Yeah, like it seems like uh seems like it's important but anyway uh thank you so much thank you have a good night yeah thanks all right appreciate it here's the thing we're about to go to break we're about to go to break but don't worry i think i'm going to give you the chorus now can we give them the chorus now yeah and uh some people in the chat asked um this show brought to you by not the smooth menthol tobacco flavor of ivanovich uh menthol tobacco flavored vodka this was from Eric P, who sent us a an amazing uh, gift box from Japan. This is the Fujisan Umishu, 
whiskey right. preparation. It's like whiskey and some sort of petals. Of He's drinking sort. it in honor of Wrestle Kingdom 14. Yes. Actually. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fucking fantastic. It's incredibly good. All right, Brett. They deserve it. They've been here for an hour and a half. About. Yeah. Let's give them the chorus. Jason. Hit it. Dare to keep a kid off go. Dare to give a kid some help. Dare. Okay. Yeah. That guy's singing it. We need now. If we had a soundboard, solution. If we had soundboard, I would. I would have somebody cut out. Stay off drugs from the background. That's true. That's gonna be the first sound clip. We use it very sparingly. But when it broke, I just want the guy singing in the background. I love the yelling. I love the uh, build up. Uh, and it all comes down to this program in school. This is the only thing that's going. The school is the safe haven where you can lie to them about where the police will lie to children about drugs. I guess. Can I say this about uh, D.A.R.E.? And and I, I firmly believe this. And I don't know if it's true. There's probably not research to back this up. But uh, I believe that if you are a kid that ends up doing drugs in high school, middle school, as an adult, that dare is often your first contact with drugs. And like, they tell you about it and they almost even teach you how to talk about it. You know? Right. And like, I, I, I can't, I don't think dare make, I, I would never say that I think dare makes kids do drugs, but I but do think for, it turns the likely kids that would do drugs onto drugs. For the risk taker kids. <laughs> now they got a little bit of slang. They're doing like the word fine. They're like, all right, I'm looking for some cheese. I'm looking for some Tina. I'm looking for <laughs> businessman's high yeah that's acid by the way i just <laughs> remind everybody businessman's high is acid which like, i don't even know it, like why that's a businessman's techno crack guys God, dude, acid those... is the least business like tripping on acid like actually full tripping is the least business yeah high. <laughs> but microdosing is like bonkers it feels it feels like you're on that limitless drug yeah yeah like you does. just feel i've done it before like during the day and just felt like i've got i've been on the phone and just been like <laughs> i have a great day it's like i feel so dialed into everything i do too i i like got our next set written one day when i might microdose it wasn't a microdose because i felt it right like i went all in no i'm talking about half like- in but i i did that and i wrote a whole set i i wrote our big outline for our next like comedy set in a day and also got some shocktober shit like it's just like the amount of stuff i'm getting done but my stuff is important it's not like creating an app you know sure sure all right we're gonna go to break who do we got brett this week on the show we have an artist that um i already closed the tab on but they're pretty good this new album by them was sent by them i haven't heard it all the way yet come on damn it uh this is from the band Digital Hot Dogs. Okay. I like that name. Right. And the name of this album is uh, 
inhalant dangers. Oh, so this is perfect. It fits perfectly with what we're doing. No, wait. I got this all wrong. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Is it Inhalant Dangers? It's late. It's Inhalant Dangers by Leche is the name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Digital Hot Dog's a good name, though, if they want to take is that. Is this a sampler? This uh, look- buddy, I don't know. Let's uh, let's play it and get a break. Yeah, you can get this at digitalhotdogs.bandcamp.com. Yeah. 
chickens in me. I had a feeling he gon' scratch my ass. Do your thing. Hey, thanks for being here. This is a Street Fight live call-in show. Uh, that number to dial is 614-655-3887. Same number every single week. We start taking calls <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Keep it rolling until midnight. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting what we do. We're trying to expand the universe to bigger and broader things. Hoping to get more people involved in cool shit and, you know. Uh, Can I... Can I plug on the right side of history? Can I plug real quick? Sure. I'm going to plug. Um, there's either two or three more teen fights. And then that is going to go in the uh, done category. That's our second mini series. After the last teen fight, there will be one episode of Shocktober. A probably a nice two hour. We're going to look at Bubba the Love Sponge's radio war and drug habit. We're going to look at Howard Stern interviewing Hillary Clinton. And we're going to look at a man-cow phone scam with Chris James. And uh, I think we're going to play a, a, a Ron Bennington clip, who is off limits, by the way. We'll never do a Shocktober on Ron and Fez. Stop asking. I respect the man too much to give him the Shocktober treatment. So, uh, you know, people love Shocktober. That's coming back. And then after that, Kid Rock. We're going to do uh, four. I'm going to do like four or five episodes on Kid Rock. I haven't, like, decided if I'm going to do a fifth one. But my guests for that are Chris Wade, uh, Kitty Stryker, Tom Sexton, and Matt Chrisman on the, on the final episode. We're going to talk about Kid Rock's political years with Matt. Uh, cause I don't think Matt knows Kid Rock songs. 
Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, he could. He is. He did live in the Midwest for a period of time. After that, I don't know yet, but we're going to be, I mean, you know, this year we're going to be talking sports talk for five or six weeks. We're going to be talking, um, we're going to be talking sports talk for five or six weeks. We're going to talk about, uh, mega church pastors, uh, in a show called Holy Boys with me and Tom Sexton. And we're going to have, you know, series two of Shocktober. In between each one of these episodes, there's going to be a Shocktober and, uh, you know, get on that Patreon because we're not going to release these things, all of these things into the store, you know? Yeah. Especially we, the extra episodes of, uh, of Shocktober. We, we can't like put an app, ep- just one episode in the store. Right. Well, we might, you never know. Yeah, we could. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, available. Also, if you want to catch up with Shocktober, but you can't sign up for a monthly, monthly Patreon, totally understandable. It is available at store.streetfightradio.com for $5. You can get access to the, uh, full series. So uh, and gonna, if, you, if you like that band, sorry, just so I make I want to do them right. That was the album Inhalant Dangers. The band is Leche, L-A-C-H-E. You can find them at digitalhotdogs.bandcamp.com. That's their label is Digital Hot Dogs. That was the confusion there. Thanks for sending that in. Oh, yeah. Let's um, uh, let's uh, take another call and then right. we might give you some more of uh, the dare song. Yeah, I got some jibber jabber I wanted to get to. Get some jibber jabber to you with, dude. to you with you as well. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Street Fight Call-In Show. How you doing tonight? Hey, is this me? Yeah, it's you. Who's Only this? Only you would know. <laughs> hey, excellent. Um, this is Alex. Okay. All right, what's up, that. Alex? How are you? Good. This is Alex from Tacoma. Okay. Okay, uh, cool. What's up, Alex? What what's going on tonight? Hey, hey, um, I've got a story, and I've got um, some stuff about Iran and the protests and stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. That we we need this stuff. Uh, people who are smarter than me and Brett. Uh, I think I'm gonna have Brace come on with me and and talk a little bit about this stuff because I I don't understand it. I don't consider Brace smarter than me, just so that isn't implied. To Brett. I mean, he's smarter than me when it comes to Middle Eastern stuff. And uh, I'll probably have him come on and and explain to me why it's really bad. So uh, what's the troop story? Um, So so I was in the Army for seven years. I was uh, a human intelligence collector, which is an interrogator, um, source operation, other uh, collections. Did some electronic work and signal intelligence. Okay. Um, but uh, so I was in Iraq in 2010 and Afghanistan in 2012, 13. Um, so like I spent most of my time over there sitting down and talking to Iraq and like really um, learning and understanding uh, their point of view and like their experience and what it's like to. Uh, be a victim of American imperialism. Uh, so, uh, so how? I, I guess like the the first question I want to ask is like, how did you feel about it before you went there compared to how you felt when you came home? So, so I think when I joined and before I went, um, kind of had like a reformist like, well, because this was after Abu Ghraib and all the horrible shit that happened there, so. Um, I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to be one of the good guys, one of the good interrogators, one of the guys who, you know, not to torture, do any of that kind of stuff. Um, 
but and I and I and I, and I, I think I was a good guy. Um, but even though um, I was a uh, servant of empire, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, like like it really opened my mind talking to people and understanding, like asking, like why why would you go plant an ivy into the ground? Why would you go attack Americans? Like we're here to help. We're like supposed to be the good guys. Um, and like every single one was uh, had a similar story. Like we had killed their family members, like their uncle or their brother, or um, you know destroyed some piece of infrastructure in town, uh, like electricity or water or something, so they're poor and, and um, down and out. Or like we would support one sectarian group against another sectarian group, so they were like they had to defend their home from new groups that would come in and kill and rape and pillage. Um, so a lot more complicated than what you would hear in like the news media or even hear like in training, you know, talking about like, oh, you know, these, these are all bad people. They all know someone who's bad or so like there's no innocent people over there. Right. It's not quite, not quite like the racist overtones that you hear, but still like everyone's guilty of something. It's like a cop mentality, right? Like everyone's breaking the law somehow. Right. Yeah. I, I um, mean, I imagine... I, I imagine it, the thing about it to me is like, so a lot of times if you get into an argument with somebody who, who was in the military, they say like, you don't know about these people. I spent time over there. Yeah. I know. And it's like, but you were like pointing guns at them. Like, I, it, it, right. I don't know how you get to know somebody by pointing a, when you're pointing a gun at them, you know? Absolutely. It, like, I, I feel like I had sort of a unique experience. Uh, when it comes to some of this stuff um, that like informs my politics now, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's yeah. If you're if you're an infantryman, like, and you're constantly trained to see everything as a threat, and like, and your response, of course, the first thing is violence. Um, and even if you're like, if you have another job, um, you're not like you just said, you're not going to be out there talking to people, like really understanding the situation, hiding on a base. You're going to be behind a computer or behind a desk doing something. Yeah. Like so, it's not. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So like, like after I came home, um, like I felt good. I had like a lot of survivors built. Like a bunch of my friends got killed or, um, or committed suicide afterwards. Um, so that's like a, a huge process that I've been going through. Um, and then like an idiot, I reenlisted to go to Afghanistan because I saw uh, a new group of soldiers coming behind me, and no one there to really like train them or lead them. So I was like, well, shit, like. Someone's got to watch over these these kids. Like somebody watch over me. So like, reenlisted, went over to Afghanistan, and it's even worse than Iraq. Um, that's like a really heartbreaking situation over there. Yeah, I'd um, imagine. I but, mean, it seems like they don't know what they're even fucking doing. You know? Well, well, I think that the they they do know what they're doing, and that they're spending a bunch of money sitting over there and paying the military industrial complex contractors and all these other people are making this fucking bank. Um, yeah, you know, supplying the military and, and buying, you know, selling bombs, dropping bombs. I um, mean, like, I mean, something that there's a method finding places to use all the tech, right? To what? write to make yeah. to write checks. I guess to me, it seems like they went over there and bombed a bunch of stuff and don't really. I mean, they keep saying we don't know how to leave, and it's like you. I think you just got to leave. I think it's just like you would fix the problem if you just left. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they said that about Vietnam, 
and guess what? They just left. And fast forward 30 years later, Vietnam's like a great country. I mean, it's, it's very different than Afghanistan and Iraq, don't get me wrong, but like if you're not over there interfering uh, and dropping bombs and killing people, it seems like they can kind of figure out their situation on their own. Right, yeah. I mean, it, it is. Like, we just sort of destabilize everything and then say, I mean, if we don't take care of this, then we'll be the bad guys. And it's like, we're, we're the fucking bad guys, dude. Yeah. Like, that's just, I mean, when you're the biggest, when you're the biggest fucking kid in the yard, you're probably, I mean, you know, when you're out there, you're the biggest, you're the biggest kid in the yard and you're fucking starting fights, you're, you're kind of the bad guy. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the way it works, you know? Um, what? Yeah, that, that absolutely. That's how I see it. What has your experience been like sort of coming home and, and, and maybe having more anti-war or, or left politics? Like how do, how do, uh, your friends deal with that or people you served so, with or any of those people? It's, it's, it's really interesting. Cause I still have a lot of friends in, um, and who have like progressed and made more rank and, uh, I remember conversations I would have with them when we were lower enlisted men and like, oh, this is all bullshit. Like, we know this is a joke. We know, like, we're not making any progress. It's, just, it's very apparent. And I think the Afghan papers that just came out that showed that they've been lying to us for 20 years. Like, any soldier, any person who was over there could have told you the exact same thing. And I think they have been telling, but no one wants to actually listen to, um, you know, you're, you're like a lower enlisted some soldier or somebody. Like they, you know, you want to hear the generals, you want to hear the politicians. They're the ones with the the mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um, it, it, it. I, I guess, like to me, it's like, like when I see like groups for military enlisted people and stuff. It seems like a lot of them are still kind of like more conservative, obviously. And like, uh, I just wonder, like, is it? I mean, I, I, I do. Are there a lot of people there that kind of made the the sort of switch that you did, or, or would you say that like most people probably just stay where they are when stay where they are, were when they signed up? Because I can't imagine you're over there yeah. getting news either. I can't imagine you're over there like getting news. I, I assume like when you say you were talking when you were like sitting down and talking to people and like understanding their experience, that is like a great way to get news. But I can't imagine that most of the people over there have that experience where they're sitting down and they're talking to people and they're trying to understand sort of their side of the situation. No, I think most people would get the typical like Fox news, CNN, or, um, everything called Armed Forces network, which is, um, the, the army news channel rush limbaugh's on uh, there where he was at least for a long time is he? Jesus. yeah he right. used to always be like coming on or i uh, uh, you know whatever his station is and then he would say the armed forces radio network like who has yeah. a, i'm gonna look that up uh, uh real quick but uh yeah uh, like but, but yeah so i i think like military service is such a large part of people's identity and it's such like a formative transformative um, experience and people come out of it with PTSD and they come out of it with all sorts of mental issues and physical issues and uh, watching their friends go through the same thing that 
I think you have to justify it or part of your brain needs to justify what you did or what you were part of. And so it's really hard to say, oh, actually I was, you know, I did something wrong. I was part of something that was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and instead it's, it's much easier to be um, a conservative or like a reactionary and go, you know, America, hoorah, hoorah kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think um, that like, even if I was a person that had, had gone over there, it, I think it would be pretty hard for me to be like, I think it would be pretty hard for me to, to, to say like, that was a mistake. I, I like shouldn't have done that. You know, <laughs> I think it would, it's so, it's yeah. so hard for me to like, uh, it's so hard for me as a person to, to like admit, well, it's not hard for me to admit I'm wrong now. You know, like I, I'm fully willing to admit I've right. been wrong before, but there's been times in my life, especially when I was young and a lot of these guys enlist when they're young, it's very hard to admit that you like fucked up. Yeah. I, like, it's just even like you would think looking at Trump as the president, right? You would be like, oh shit, you know, we fucked up. He's, this guy's the fucking president, but 50% or whatever of us are like, nah, this is great. We, I didn't fuck up. I yeah. guess this is going really well. I, I think another big part of it too is the disconnect between the civilian world and uh, the military and how like, you know, during World War II in Vietnam, you had some people who were drafted and, uh, you know, their families got to hear their stories. You know, it was on the news. Everyone kind of like knew someone or was part of, the, part of the war. But fast forward to now and it's less than 1% of people uh, enlisting. In the military, it's the and, real one percent, um, actually, they could they call them, yeah, oh, yeah, one <laughs> <laughs> um, percent, yeah, it's pretty low. It's, 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 I think it's less than one percent that are active, and it's, I think, it's, yeah, I totally, I mean, I can buy that too because I only know, I only know one person that went over there, I don't think I know anybody else that went over there. And he's very remorseful about it and, and feels bad about it and, and sort of has talked about some of the stuff too. Like it, it does feel in a way like there are people who go over there and they're like, oh, Francis too. So I know t- Francis and Nate, I know those two people too. So three yeah. people, like it's just a, I'm a fucking white guy in Columbus, Ohio, and I only know three people, you know, it is. You you probably don't like how many do you know that were in the military, Brett? I mean a few. I mean my sister had a thing for military guys, <laughs> so I met a few of those. <laughs> yeah, it's. Just, I mean, I graduated can, with a few. Yeah, but I think you can like pretty much be disconnected from anything that's going on there relatively easy because you just kind of don't run into you don't some of us don't like who in the military would want to hang out with us anyway you know me and you sure sure i I think i think you'd be surprised like how many dirtbags actually join you guys aren't dirtbags but like um you know how many uh you know working class people like join the military and like but then, that, but that's what I'm saying. It becomes your identity. It becomes something different. No, we've had a, quite a few people um, show up to shows and share. Have got up on the mic and stuff and shared. I mean, you know, it's understandable. I, I mean, I don't hold it against anybody. I it, mean, if I was, if, if as long as where you're at now, I mean, I can see why. Like, I, I mean, I can see why anybody chooses it to. I mean, to do it because all of culture 
and all of the powers that be are trying to funnel you into it. Like they're all whipping us up with propaganda and they want us to get hyped yeah. for the time. I mean, it's very easy for us to, for a, for like a regular old white guy to just take up a gun and, you know, do the right thing for America and get called a hero for their entire life. Well, you know? I guess, Brett, like, can I, I, I want to ask you a question specifically, like, did it ever cross your mind? No, not ever. Never? I've never. No, okay. I, I always thought it was stupid. I was like, what about uh, cop? No, never cop See, either. I talked about this with Tom Sexton. Like, I would be lying if I said that the military or cop didn't cross my mind at points in my 20s. Like, especially in like my early 20s when shit just was all going bad. I, and I, I, uh, I, the shit was just going bad. I was a bad guy. Yeah. I was a dirtbag. Yeah, yeah. uh, I was I, hustling constantly. I was broke all the time. I was like on mescaline and telling 22-year-old guys that were in the exact same situation and like the military wouldn't solve their problems. It yeah. It's just going to make them do fucked up shit. Well, that's the thing. You got kicked out of your house for like being against the war. Right. So, uh, I mean, you were s smart. <laughs> like uh i was just something i don't know it was just something in me that like i was just from a very early on and even though i like all the stuff i consumed i was just very much uh averse to it i guess yeah yeah i mean yeah i, I mean the only reason i really considered it was the respect angle right yeah. where it was like people will respect me which was not a thing that happened when I was that age, you know? And, you know, I'm talking about the period of my life where I was like 20 and I was fucking working at a golf course and I was making $4 an hour or four fifty an hour. And the fucking guys at the golf course were like calling me princess because I had my nails painted and stuff. And <laughs> right. It's just, you would see these ads for like the military or for the police. And you'd be like, well, I could do that. I think. But in the end, I was, I, I don't. Uh, Dude, bad neighborhoods are still full of marine billboards. Tons of yeah, them. Yeah. It just seemed like the right idea to me at the time. I, I don't know how I did, how I avoided doing it. Because they would have taken me, you know, probably chicken. You couldn't even muster chicken. up the, you couldn't even get there on time. No, I would, I would <laughs> hate You couldn't it. even get a ride to the fucking recruiter's office. That's be, why. <laughs> yeah, I probably couldn't get a ride to the recruiter's <laughs> office. That's my wife was not going to take me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we got a we got a bunch of calls did you say you had like another story yeah 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 just real quick um okay. we so we had a really impromptu um anti-war rally yesterday in tacoma i know there's a bunch across the country um but um our local dsa chapter put it together and we had like 150 people show up and it was really cool it was really successful um it felt kind of inspiring but but I realized in, in my research and, and understanding the GI movement and the Civil War movement and the anti-war movement is that it, it's going to require a lot more um, action than just like mobilizing and marching and showing up, um, I, which I think is evidence in, in 2003, we had the biggest anti-war marches ever and it didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to start like being prepared and have a discussion about um, uh, strikes at work and doing direct action and like property damage um and actually kind of like slowing down the war machine and shutting it down um and if you're into electoralism which i'm not but i know a lot of people are um uh, bernie sanders and ro Khanna are sponsoring a bill an, an amendment to the uh national defense operations uh agreement 
which basically says that no money will be spent on any war in our in Iran. So if you can, if your listeners could call or email or write a letter to their representative and, and ask them to uh, sponsor that and support it, that'd be cool. All right. Um, but yeah, like I, 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 w- I would really like to see um, a, a, a veteran-led anti-war movement get created again. And I think BSA and a lot of other groups can be part of that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, thank, thanks, uh, thanks for taking my call. Hey, yeah, thank you for, for calling. Out. Brett, the Armed Forces Radio Network sucks shit. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to the rap channel. Uh, where is it? They have a rap channel. Yeah, they have all music channels. Machine Gun Kelly, Eminem. Okay, you might think that, but I think... It's a cool mode. Gravity. It's called Gravity. They deliver the very best around-the-clock urban and club hits featuring 50 Cent, Timbaland, Flo Rida, Pitbull, and Jay-Z. Nice. <laughs> so you can listen to that like while you're driving the tank? I, I Club hits? I, can't, I think so. They also have a morning show called The Big D and Bubba Show. Uh, I'm trying to find their... They have Fox News. That's their news station is just Fox. What armed forces? This is our this is our armed forces. This is their radio is Fox News. The voice is your source for news, talk, and information. You can get Rush Limbaugh, the Osgood file, Sean Hannity, Doug Stevens, Stephanie Miller, Dave Ramsey, Tom Hartman, and so much more. The voice is your single source for AP News, ABC News, Fox News, and Military News. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean Tom Hartman. Who's and, in there? What? Who's listening to that? The troops. A lot of troops? I mean, I think that's what's there in English. I think you're in a country that doesn't have English as like their native language. And you can't get podcasts. Oh, no. That's the radio you have to listen to. I mean, you'd be listening to it. I'd be listening Mm -hmm. to Because I like, uh, you know. You want to hear the voice. I I like talking. So you'd just be like stuck listening to it. I so. would love just wake up every day and hear uh, in the club my uh, fucking fifty cents. Yeah, you're you're a music guy. You can handle the music. But uh, okay, let's uh, let's take another call and then we'll give them some more dare. All right, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh no, did I hit the button right? There it is. Yeah, is this me? Yeah, who's so, this? Hey, how's it going? Oh, great! Hey, this is uh, Ian in Philly. You know, first time in a long time. Hey there. Sweet. What's going on, Ian? Oh, not much. I mean, I got a, a, a landlord story that has a couple other uh, distinctly street fight elements to it. <laughs> okay, oh, let's hear it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, first half, you know, in college, about sophomore year, I moved into this place where uh, this isn't even one of the elements, but like the landlady was pretending to just be an agent for like some guy that she made up <laughs> that she said was a landlord and the. Uh, I mean, we figured it out because we got mail that was, like, you know, addressed to, like, her, like, mother at the house. And, uh, you know, she just kind of was, like, you know, cop to it and was like, oh, yeah. And, you know, I just thought it would be easier if I pretended, like, I wasn't the actual landlord or something. So, I don't know. In and of itself. <laughs> that would make me nervous. Uh, yeah, was, yeah, in, yeah, I know. It was well, a red for, flag. For what purpose? Just to seem more professional? She pretended like she was working for someone else? Yeah, I think so. And... 
I love that. I fucking love that so much. <laughs> it's like it's the no one's gonna believe a though. schlub like me can own this place, but they bet I, I bet they believed I can run it. You know, <laughs> it's the classic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let is. me get my publicist on the phone. Right. Hello, this is the publicist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's like it was just like by time if she needed to like make a decision about something and be like, oh, I gotta ask. Uh, oh. Lord. That is good. Extremely Brian Quinby. That's smart because if I had a boss, if I had a boss, then I could just be like, I don't know. I got to send it up the ladder. Give me 24 (laughs) hours. Give me 48 hours. (laughs) Me too. I think about that all the time when we're faced with something from the listeners and shit. And like somebody's getting a hold Dude. of us to do something, and I'm like, oh, I wish I could like Dude, send this to somebody I, else. Yeah, you can't like ghost. Yeah. You can't just like disappear on it. <laughs> you're the last person. Let's yeah. get a program director, Jason. Yeah. You're our program director now. I'm gonna have to send this up to Jason up the ladder. He's the PD yeah. of Street Fight Radio, the podcast. Dude, that way you get to be like. You know, and like a uh, like an undercover boss when they call like a store manager and he's like, oh, dude, are they still like doing that thing I told them not to do? <laughs> it's my yeah. favorite fucking thing <laughs> yeah. on undercover boss is when the boss goes into a place and he sees something he hates and then he fucking turns around. He, he calls the regional manager and the regional manager is like, what? I've been mad about this, too, man. I, this has been something that's been sticking in the back of my mind. I wish, you know, I'm glad you saw it. Personally, I'm glad you saw it because I think we can really get something done now with you seeing it. You know, I was waiting for you to see it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's been bothering me forever. <laughs> That's so fucking weird. I would be so... Yeah, I don't like when people play pretend like that. <laughs> Not so, when it comes to my living yeah. situation. I would just be worried about the rug getting pulled out from under me. Yeah, and this seems like a symptom of more what did more stuff happen yeah i mean the uh i don't know kind of turn comes to like uh like she and her husband like at the time had like i guess their main income was like just freelance like towing like they just had like a tow truck that they parked in like kind of a like vacant lot behind her house i had i have an uh, i have an uncle that was a tow truck is a tow truck driver and for years like his business wasn't making any money because he would just ignore all the calls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't want to work. Yeah, they, it was like, exactly oh, it. Fuck. And then he'd be like, "Oh, I want a jet ski. I'm gonna pick up some calls now." You know? <laughs> but so they had a tow truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know. I mean, I don't know how actively they were like you know towing or anything, but I don't know. It was out there. It seemed to be where they were making their money, but like. Still, I mean, I guess like a second red flag is just the like, just 6 a.m. like the first of the month. She would just like let herself into the house to like get like the rent checks from like the cork board. No. And, like if anyone didn't have one there, she would just like yell up the stairs to us. And we like brought it down to, I mean, I don't know, we were like 19. So we were just like, yeah, I guess this is just like having a landlord. This is just some normal stuff they do. You know what sucks yeah. about that? It, it, that's one of the things that sucks about that. But uh, we've been talking about getting a studio space and like an office building. And I'm like, the only thing I can see is Brett does a dab in the office on the first day we get there. And then they're like, these guys are doing dabs in the office or like these guys are too loud. And then we get in trouble and then we're stuck there for another 364 days. Like the first time the landlord comes in and starts screaming up your steps. You're like, You're oh like, no, I didn't want this. <laughs> I didn't want this situation. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, that was like, 
you know, if I can put all the pieces together, you know, it really results in like, uh, kind of what ended up happening was, was it like, I guess, I don't know, they got behind on like their debts or something and like the tow truck came to get repoed. And like, we were just seeing this from like the back of our house, just like on the balcony, just play out. Cause the tow truck was out there. Like some like repo guy came to just like drive it off. But like they were there and like being like tow truck people, they just, you know, like take the plates off the truck so they can just like, drive it away so like they had to call like a different tow truck to tow like this repoed tow truck away <laughs> they had to get like a flatbed or something <laughs> yeah instead of dragging it getting your yeah. getting your tow truck repoed that's it yeah you're making payments on your tow truck yeah and, like not driving it you're like i hate i hate towing people though it sucks i wonder if everybody hates me when i do it sometimes i, feel I bad. Th- i wonder like i'm i i even think about like so if they're running a tow truck hustle, right? And they're yeah. also they somehow got rental properties. Like how did that happen? How did the rental properties even happen? You know? I mean, you just I think it was just like her like the house she grew up in or something and that's like, they always got like a, a smaller apartment and rented the set. Yes, I that's yeah. what I always think. It's an inherited thing. There's a lot of crazy the people. Full of like her mom's stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. okay. I'm like, I'm like painting on an easel that was like her mother's like painting easel in like college or something like right now. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the house, like, I mean, that's another way that like the whole kind of landlord ruse fell apart was that like we kept seeing like just her mother's like 30 year old things just like in just nooks of the house, and, like <laughs> kind of piecing it together. <laughs> How did it end? How did you end up getting out of it? Well, this is like the uh, the third like uh, kind of street fight element beyond like kind of landlords and like tow trucks. Is that like after that got towed, we started getting like payday loan like letters like to the house and yeah. the you know, the landlady's name. And I mean, uh, it was pretty much just like our lease was up anyway. And yeah, was, like. This thing's a good time to jump ship. This thing's about to crumble. Sell this fucking house. Sell the house. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, If you're taking, if you have a rental property and you're getting payday advances, there is like the easiest fix in the world for the payday. But I guess if like, I guess if like you're a landlord and a tow truck driver and your tow truck gets repoed, you're kind of like, what the (laughs) fuck am I going to do if I sell this house? This is one of the, I mean, this is just, (laughs) this is one of those people, they like, they think it's passive income. They're like, I'm just going to live in the shed and we'll rent the house out. It will be no problem at all. And then they realize it's like a big, huge pain in the ass. Right. And it doesn't make you as much money as it costs to keep the fucking place. (laughs) And then you also want to be a tow truck driver and you realize you have to drive the truck all the fucking time to make the money for the fucking payment for the thing. Right. Isn't it like, it's one of those things where, I, I mean, like, I think a lot of tenants suffer from landlords that think it's a passive income because yeah. it is not no i mean i guess like if you're they're ripping us off for sure but there is also like if you're doing maintenance like it's not they're they're pissed off about it. they're always pissed about doing maintenance never happy when they gotta like unclog the toilet yeah, never had a maintenance yeah that isn't like the brother-in-law like of the landlord <laughs> yeah i know i know and and then they they like my uh yeah, I also like when they come to fix stuff, and then they're they're <laughs> like, uh, like, 
Now you got to get something to catch that hair so it doesn't go down to <laughs> Right. No, I remember the one you the one you told me. I remember when your your guy was like uh you were like, "Ah, yeah. Yeah, I, I had to pay to to get the uh the 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 uh sink like snaked in the kitchen. You know, I put a bunch of rice down there in the garbage disposal. And I was like, the garbage disposal should handle rice. Like that's not like a thing that that should not be like a big job for the garbage disposal. <laughs> well, it's not it, like it, seeds. In it's, all fairness, I did stuff the rice in the hole. Okay. Like a lot of it. Okay. It was stuffed in there and then it turned it on. It just heated that motherfucker up. And wow. It just wasn't having it. Yeah. I don't like calling any late. I, I never liked calling my landlord for a problem because I always feel like, I mean, like unless you're with like a big property, if you live in an apartment complex, they're generally well, going to be mad at you. I do like the, yeah. Some of the modern ones I've had where you, there's an online portal where you can just file all any problem. Those are the best. I had one of those in DC and I had one here when we moved here, but now it's just a guy that I have to text. And like, I see him, you know, in the, all the time he lives nearby. I'm like, have to say hi to him. And then also be like, Hey, my shit is all over the fucking ground in there. You better go clean it up. <laughs> Does he blame you? No, he's great. He's no. Well, he's, that's good. He's younger than me. It's. I think it's an odd relationship because he has his life together more than I do. I guess for what I'm supposed to. <laughs> but like, he can't say shit to me. I don't think he would dare say shit to me. Yeah, because you're, you're. You old. have an old man though. You have an old grumpy guy that comes and is like, "Oh, you just can't give up the paper towels, huh? You got to keep keep putting the paper towels in the toilet, huh?" Well, <laughs> the, like, my fuck. landlord, in all fairness, is. A decent he's a nice guy don't say that boo i don't like this to is, say this it, is why he's, he's nice enough to me like and he likes me like I, I at least having a guy that likes you is worth something you know that like our landlords both they like me and katie they think we're like i they like that you give him money and don't complain yeah yeah they want it to be the least amount of conflict and interaction as possible yeah like, i mean know. that's what i want though too you know? Yeah. Like, that's, like, that's sort I want to like, know you. I just take the money. Like, if you could come and take in the middle of the night, that would make me happier. <laughs> just like, while I'm sleeping, just come and steal it from my motherfucking yeah. ass. I mean, it is like, my landlord has to come out. They drive like an hour. And they have to mow my grass every week during the summer. Which just sounds like a fucking Stupid. nightmare to me. And then when Waste they get the over, they have to fucking, like, they're always having to fix something in one of the apartments. And it's just like... Ah, being a landlord sounds like it fucking sucks. You yeah, know, so stupid. And be, I mean, having a landlord also sucks. True. <laughs> but uh, so you got to the end, and you were just like, "Fuck this! I'm at, uh, like, I'm not gonna re." Did they? Did she give you grief for not re-signing your lease? It was like, I, I mean, it was just uh, I don't know, hard to turn her down because it was, you know, that. It was still like definitely felt like you know pity for her because she was like you know just about to like go into tears just like yeah this is like you know oh, have payday loans and you're just like yeah I mean I don't know it's fucking stressful right now yeah and that's the, yeah and that's the thing too is like there is you know there it, it's there's so many stupid people that feel like they're going to level up their life by becoming a landlord or opening a restaurant or whatever it is. And it's just like, they are not good at all. And it's not, they have no understanding of what the fuck they're getting into. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, like the kind of, it's like a it, plot. that's like, just like Rube's find like a brick of cocaine that like, 
you know, was lost by the mafia or something, and they're like, yeah, they're like ticket to Easy Street, you know? Yeah. Like, well, no, I mean, that's actually is your ticket to Easy Street if they can't find you. Um, I mean, it is no, your ticket to Easy Street if you know how to sell a kilo of cocaine. I did want to <laughs> say to that about last week, though, with that Kevin O'Leary on and uh, um, Mike Rowe clip, was that that guy was out there like saying like, what are you going to college for to read? It's stupid. You don't need to know how to read. And that guy is like, he came to our town and did a free seminar on flipping fucking houses. Like, like that's, that's his, that is what he is like. Once you thinks people should be doing, that's like a good, that's the career path. That, that's you know, a smart it's like thing to do. anybody can do this. You know, why would you do anything besides flip houses? And it's like, I don't know because you don't have under any understanding about this or no sort of, you are not built to be a fucking landlord for anybody, you know, right. or, to, Nobody... or to re to rehab a house. Like you're not, you are not, a, you don't do construction. You can't just like put some fucking uh, picture frames on the wall and call it a flipped house. You yeah. Know? I mean, you don't want Dude, me as yeah. a landlord. That would be a fucking nightmare. You know, but imagine if I'm a landlord and you call and you're like, I clogged my whole toilet up. Like, and then the next thing you hear on the other side of the thing is <sighs> one of one of my best. Yeah. One of my best ever was last year. I get a text from my landlord that is like, hey, Brett, open up the cabinets because the pipes might freeze, you know, and that will let some of the warm air on them. And I'm just like, whatever, cornball, <laughs> right? Like square. Ooh, I bought well, I bought a house when I'm 24. I'm going to rent the other side out and build equity. Like you fucking bean counter. Yeah. I'm laughing about it. Literally, I wake up at like seven in the morning and the pipes are fucking <laughs> burst. <laughs> and Erica wakes me up and I'm running around downstairs and there's water raining from the sky and just pulled everywhere. Did you tell him you opened it? And I'm just like, folk, I'm like, what, what, what do I do? What do I pull? And I'm just like turning all these fucking knobs and shit and just levers and yanking on shit. <laughs> Did you tell him I you opened it? I texted him, yeah. <laughs> I texted him and he came over with his, with his uh, fucking mop and bucket and did the whole damn thing. He spent like a few hours cleaning up the whole goddamn mess. Yeah, and you were probably like... <laughs> I was laughing. When I left, I just went upstairs and just la laid on the bed and just flopped around like a fish and just laughed hysterically. I mean... You probably uh, also, he was like, did you open the cabinet like I told you on the text? And you were like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, man, 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 definitely. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, man, the second, I can't, the second like, you texted me, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I read that same WikiHow article. <laughs> A WikiHow <laughs> article. WikiHow not to just, get your pipes burst. Yeah. <laughs> Brett's yeah, a nightmare. I like, got the, uh, I've got that, like, uh, brother-in-law handyman landlord's brother-in-law who like uh, most of like our basement is like uh that you know that episode like uh simpsons where like a uh, hurricane destroys like flanders house and they like rebuild it but like really shitty uh -huh. <laughs> it's like <clears throat> that's like um you know our basement like the stairs are just like the uh like actual like platform of them is like just sticks out like way too far so you can like just hit your ankle like before your toe hits like the riser like, I mean, like just this fun house you know i respect as a person who has done a lot of it i do respect shoddy worksmanship 
<laughs> really? Yeah, it's just saying, funny, that's dude. Good, just saying it's good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's always funny to me when you fucking see something like like some guy like my my in laws. They had this deck that they built with I have no idea what the material was. It looked like wood siding for a house. Oh, like a plastic wood? No, it was wood. Wait, it was plastic wood. It was like plastic slats of wood that they just hammered into two by fours. And these fucking things, they built, they had a pool, an above ground pool, and they built steps to get up the pool, up to the pool. But they used like really thin that was like this uh, um, for the people. I don't know how big this is. It's probably like a foot wide. For six, the steps, six inches, six is what inches you were to a foot wide steps, and like they had fucking children getting into these steep. They were steep as hell, and they were so small. And I used to just sit there, and they fucking had a whole acre, basically, or a half acre for their backyard, and they put the pool under the only trees in the yard, so it always had shade on it. And it was always sixty two degrees, <laughs> but. <laughs> something about it where I was like, I respect it. You got to respect it. I just <laughs> didn't feel like getting it done. You know, yeah. they would always also they had uh, uh, this thing is all the way in the back of the backyard. They had to like put three hoses together to <laughs> put it in a pool. And they would fill it up with that. That would just be <laughs> all night. <laughs> For two days, the pool's filling. It was just like, I grew up across the street from a guy that was like that. It was just like, ah, whatever. You know, it looks bad, but uh, it works. Like, <laughs> the deck yeah. looks bad, but it has windows on it now. It's kind of a Florida room. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like a kind of like empowering sense of like, you know, like freshman year of college when you're like, Dude, I can make a grilled cheese and like I just all I need is a microwave. You know, you're like just the fact that you can like technically do it is like the less like less effort that you put into it, like the more impressive it is to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got we got five we got calls left, but I, I wanna yeah, thank you yeah. for calling. Well, it was a up. great call. You hang up? I did. All right, we promised. Jason, hit it. Hit it, boy. Oh, the next. He in the background just said, dare to dare. Dare to dare? Yeah. That's bold. That's asking a lot. That's asking a lot. Dare to dare. That's asking a lot of it. Uh, so, Jason, how long are we into the dare song? How much time is left? That's a three forty eight song, you know. So we're gonna get through it. But tight three forty eight. It's tight three forty eight. I don't see why this didn't sell a million copies. <laughs> um, we uh got a half hour to go. Well, we started a little late. Yeah, we got. 45 minutes what you wanted to tell me something did i you just said i wanted to talk to you about something oh you know what um i went this saturday uh to food not bombs for the first time okay 
And uh, it was pretty fun. And they do it every single week at noon. So if you want to do it, it does happen. They have like two places now. Um, but it was great. It was and uh, Erica went and Charlotte went. And it was really low key and uh, just pulling up into a field and unloading a van full of stuff and handing it out for free. Like no paperwork. Oh, no yeah, no yeah, bullshit. Yeah. It was nice because people were like, do I have to show an ID or anything? It's like, no, you can just have all of the stuff. Um, but it was great. And also I got to take a bunch of food home at the end. Like we had leftover shit. People didn't show up. And, uh, so it was like, I feel like we always talk about like, what if like, and you talk about $200,000, but the, uh, question is, would you hand out groceries for two hours to get like two bags of groceries yourself? <laughs> would I do that? Yeah. I like the idea of two bags of groceries, right? It is a come up. And if I get to pick those groceries, yeah. is that part of it? Yeah. They had a bunch of stuff. It was really funny because I was laughing. Um, there was a lot of leftover bread and like just one day expired bread. And there was like that. some people, it cracked me up because somebody like picked up this pie and was like, Ugh, and kind of gave it like a gross look. But it was from Lucky's, which is this like, you know, the bougie grocery store in town. And yeah. I was kind of like, hey, I've spent $9 on that pie before. That's a good fucking pie, okay? <laughs> I'll stand by that pie. <laughs> Lucky's got a good pizza. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. While we're, but, but they, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff. There was a lot of good food and uh, it was fun to do. It was, it was a good experience. Yeah, for it was you? good to help. And it was, um, yeah, it was easy. It didn't take that much time. It's a little it, early, but noon. Yeah. Not that early. Not early for me. You know, I'm, I I didn't get to the anti-war march. It was from noon to two, and I got there at one thirty because I slept till one, and then I had to drive over there. But right. I I just, I mean, I would like to do something. Why don't they have a dinner shift? They should do a dinner shift. Uh, they do. They are making food at some point, but I don't know. Uh, well, maybe I'll go help make food. If you let me it's know, probably during the day. Let me know if they're making food, and I can get there at my time, and I will come and help make food. Yeah, you're gonna have to come up with your own like late night food night bombs or something. That's what I should do. Yeah, food food not bombs for dinner. Food not bombs. Uh, the supper service nighttime or or what? What is like the uh, when they uh, food not bombs after hours? Yeah, that would be tight. Yeah, so I'm going to try to keep doing stuff with them and uh, seeing what we can do to expand their initiative. It's pretty it's cool. It was yeah. fun. I'll try to get out there, man. I'm not, like, against doing it. I mean, um, it's, you just, carry, like you just carry stuff and hand out food. It's not hard to do. Saturdays. Saturdays at noon, 12.15. I mean, Saturday night's all right for fighting. That's true as well, but true. this isn't fighting. Oh, okay. Well, you're fighting uh, hunger. Which is <laughs> also a uh, they should, you can use that. By okay, way. tell them they can use that. Yeah, actually, like right, we're let's fighting. Get next, let's get our next call in here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Uh oh, a skeleton. Last time somebody was this silent. Clicky clacky skeleton. It was bad. Yeah, don't do a don't do a bit. Don't on, prank us right now. We don't need. You know, that. We don't. We don't need to be. There's pranked. an anonymous coming up next. Here it comes. <sighs> here it comes. Here it is. Nope, they're still dead. Well, getting mm -hmm. flushed. we gotta drop it, man. And we gotta take this anonymous. Go to sleep in your coffin. Here we okay, go. Okay, I think anonymous might be good though because uh, they've been waiting thirty-seven minutes. Okay, I you think know? they got. Yeah, Would I you can... wait thirty-seven minutes to? Oh. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Hey, what's Hi. up? 
Hey, not too bad. How are you guys doing? How's everyone in chat? That seems good. Awesome. Uh, my name's Laura, by the way. I'm in Canada. Hey, Laura, what's up? Not too much. Just hanging out tonight. Just kind of relaxing. Uh, I have a lot of free time now that I was laid off from work. Um, yeah. You get unemployment? Uh, Do they got good unemployment up in Canada? Yeah, well, I have to like have to uh, jump through all these kind of hoops and stuff like that. But you know, I'm still trying to do that, like getting through you know the holidays and everything. All the government stuff was closed and everything. But the actual job that I had and how I was laid off and like why I was laid off is an interesting story that I wanted to tell. All right, go for it. All right, so I actually like. So cannabis in Canada was legalized in like 2018, I think, in October. And I got hired at this cannabis production facility in 2019 in July. Okay. And uh, at the time, like maybe about five days after I was hired, there was uh, Health Canada, which is like the regulator for the industry. They came in. And they sort of like, they went in and they found rooms that weren't properly licensed because at the time there was like, just like an industry kind of standard. They're like, oh, you know, fuck, Health Canada is taking too long to approve the license for this room. So we're just going to grow it anyway. And we're going to eventually get the license. So it'll retroactively be a legal crop. But Someone got fired because they were, you know, and they got kind of pissed, right? Mm-hmm. So they they whistle blew to Health Canada that this Ooh. is sort of what was going on. Okay. Yeah. So t- like we ended up having our like license to sell, license to grow, all that taken away. And so, everybody that was working there just has nothing to do now. Has no job. Yeah, there was like there was like a taper down kind of thing. Like, to be honest, it was like you know, there, as soon as I got hired, this pretty much happened, and it was like it was uh, it was pretty pretty bananas to have to go through all this. Like, my background is in horticulture, and just like having to deal with you know the politics of this company and like how rapidly they were growing and. You know, just the personalities at, uh, uh, you know, at play. It's really quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's um, uh, to just get thrown right into like the downfall of a company is a very weird situation <laughs> yeah. to be in. You're like, I, I well, I that's thought this it. was going to, I thought I was going to have to get used to this for a while. It looks like I'm back on my ass. <laughs> how long, yeah, well, how long, I mean, how long were you there? Uh, I was there since July. <sighs> the yeah. worst thing, yeah. the worst thing in the world when you're like looking for a job is like you get one and within a month you're like, damn it, I'm going to have to get another one soon. Like every job, I don't know if everybody's like this, but every job I ever got, I hoped it would be my last job and I was just going to retire from it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. 
Oh my God. But like, you know, honestly though, they're only doing this temporarily until they got their license back. So I'm on temporary leave. Thank God. But I just don't know when. So like, it could be tomorrow or it could be like five months from now. So it's just like, ah, what do I do? But luckily they gave us benefits. Like our benefits are still there. Um, but there's just no work, you know? So that's, that's the situation. That that's used the situation to, going on. That used to, when I, I've told, I think I've told this, but when I worked at the uh, call center, uh, they, <laughs> there would be no work for periods of time. Just nobody was calling in uh slow day and they would come up to me and a couple other people and uh, be like, Hey, do you guys want to like log out for an hour and just hang around in the parking lot and smoke and then, you know, come back <laughs> and work and you wouldn't get yeah. paid for it. Cause you were logged off. You were clocked out. And I would take it every single time I would take that deal. And basically what it was, was I was just hanging around in a parking lot of a call center all day <laughs> without getting paid because oh, yeah. I couldn't leave. <laughs> oh yeah. I was high all day when I worked at a call center. Like it's not, you can't, I can't like function. It just get bored out of my mind. It's awful. Yeah. Call center is the worst job. I mean, I say this about every single job. But I hated, I, I think like, I think other yeah, than the too. job with the like ridiculously like abusive boss at the restaurant, like the only other job I've ever had that I really, really hated was in a call center where it was like every day I go in there and I just feel like I, I think I'm going to, uh, this is the day I leave forever. <laughs> I was like the guy that comes into work yeah. and says, I'm quitting. I'm done after oh, today. <laughs> every day yeah, honestly like i i def i worked at a call center for like almost a year before i moved to a different uh city in canada um it wasn't too far away like i'm on the other side of lake erie pretty much um so but like i was there and it, it felt like just the years like the the days the, the weeks were slipping by and like blending into each other like it was it was uh it was something like this is definitely not my favorite activity. I worked at another call center before. The company was called Sutherland, but everyone called it Sufferland. Oh. You know, it's just like it, it wasn't a good culture, but it was a cool like gig for me because I worked at like Call of Duty customer support pretty much. <laughs> that was wild. It's like that Nintendo gaming expert line. Like that would have been sweet to work yeah. at. You, know, you see that ad where they were just sitting at a, a desk in a cubicle with a Nintendo. It's <laughs> just like playing through oh games. God. No, I haven't, but that sounds like a sweet job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you have to talk on the phone with people who called a number to help get help with their game. You know, I oh yeah, well that's yeah, that's exactly what I was doing, and it was kind of a sweet job because I got like free stuff and talked to people with ridiculous issues all day. Yeah, I mean, were they angry though? It seems like Call of Duty callers would be angry. Oh, a lot of it was like, okay, people or or like moms who were pissed that their like their package wasn't dropped off yet, and I looked their tracking number, and I'm like, it was been it was dropped off, like they just dropped it off to the front porch, I guess. And she was like, fuck, but it's like, I live in low income neighborhood. It's gone by now. Like people always do that. And, or you get like people who are like trying to boast about something or prank callers. 
it was just like besides the angry parents, uh, you know, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that we, we have a few more calls to get to and we want to fit them all in. Thanks for calling. Peace. All right. All right. We, we got about a half hour left. I think yeah. we're going to rip through these calls. We we'll take it. one more call and then give more dare. Okay. Ben more dare. Oh, hello. Hello. Hey, how's hello. Going? Who's this? Good. How are you doing? I'm feeling pretty good. Who's this? This is, um, I guess, Al from uh, California. I'm a pizza boy. I've called a couple times. But I don't think I ever told you my name. <laughs> okay. What's up, Al? What's going on tonight? Well, not much. Not much. Not much. I'm just chilling, folding socks. But uh, I just wanted to call. So I've called, when I called before, I think I talked about, like, I work at a pizza place in, like, a really rich area in, like, the Bay Area. Okay. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I actually, I actually met you guys at your first Oakland show. Oh hell yeah! Hell um, yeah! I gave I gave Brian a birthday present. Wink, wink. Oh. <laughs> I love those. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. Anyway, but um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, we were recently some funny thing happened. So the uh, owner's son came back for summer, I guess, and his uh, he got called in to do like a cover shift at our store, and uh, we, me and like my brother was there too, and we were both uh. Uh, like supervisor anyway we go into like the computer system we saw how much he made oh no and it's the owner's son yeah doing the same job as you doing a job uh, under me i was in charge of him that day okay okay please tell us what he made yeah i was so yeah so i'll tell you what so i'll tell you something funny about this guy the owner of this company like i drive by his house all the time because he lives by the neighborhood in the neighborhood of our store he's come in a couple times and his house is like a mansion it's huge um and i remember like in a couple years ago when they were raising the minimum wage in san jose the city i live in there was a news story about how he was going to raise the minimum wage at all of his stores to ten dollars okay <laughs> which was the, and to make to make it fair so then i started working at this store in a small town in 2015 like after that and i started making like 9 30 okay so he couldn't even meet a 10 dollar so like, an hour brent <laughs> yeah this was i mean yeah and, I, and it was after he like they made a public pr thing about every store is getting 10 dollars, which is like over several counties you know yeah like 20 like 20 something stores and um so i started at 9 30 just like countering in five years of just working there i've now like cooked it's so it's the highest. So now I make like seventeen dollars. Okay. An hour. And this kid, and I mean, in for the Bay Area, honestly, it's like there are guys, the guys that cook there for life that make like a little more than you, like eighteen. They gotta work like multiple doubles a week, you know, just to make it go. Like twelve plus hour days. Like it's, you know, to like to get it to get by with the family, like in the bay area like that's crazy like that's still pretty low i feel like um just insane to say but they um anyway so this kid he's making 20 (laughs) oh so okay so he paid his son double (laughs) he paid his son he's paid well now oh no so now yeah like well now the minimum wage is like 13 in that town i think okay 15 in san jose now 
and so yeah but yeah just he's making more i was just like that kid is making more than people who have worked at the store for like 15 years jesus like the wow like yeah yeah i just think that's so funny i'll, I'll say this anyway, though man. as a as God a father damn. to a teenager i mean yeah it is hard to get them to work <laughs> They, yeah, no, they, sure. they will ask for more money than uh, I can't believe yeah. his kids working though. It's like if I'm if I got it like that, if I got like twenty pizza places and I live in a mansion, my kid ain't working. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, what's the point? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you kind of feel yeah. delusional sometimes. You feel like I wanna I'm gonna make them get a taste of what regular life is like. <laughs> yeah, but they'll never I mean that taste yeah. is like always like again, they get paid more, they do less, they can't get fired. Yeah, no possibility that yeah. kid could steal everything, and uh, yeah. <laughs> his dad would be like, "Hey, uh, stop stealing, okay?" And then he could still keep yeah. doing it. Like, there's no getting fired when you're the boss's kid. Yeah, I just think that yeah. I just think that like the amount of uh, like these, like Brett said, it's very delusional to mm-hmm. think that your rich kid is going to be anything other than a rich kid. <laughs> they're just, yeah, that's what no, they're going to exactly. be, you know? Yeah. It sucks, but yeah. I'm not delusional enough to think that if I got fucking rich somehow, that my kid would mm-hmm. be anything more than like rich for the rest of her life. And that would be her life. That's why rich yeah. people infuriate me. Yeah. We should all have that lifestyle. We're all a product of our, yeah. All a product of our environment, I guess. Right, exactly. Negative. Yeah. But um yeah, anyway, but I, that, that's pretty much all I had to say. I was just a little I thought that was funny. But I have I have one weird story. I'm not sure if I've told this before. I hope I haven't. But um just an example of like how insanely like ridiculous rich people can be cuz this is this is like this little town is like in the mountains and so I used to deliver pizzas up in those hills and there's like huge houses up there. And um this one I went to it had like a house up top and then a little separate a separate pool house in the bottom and I'm walking around they said deliver it to the pool so I'm walking down to deliver the stuff and they uh, I hear like this huge rushing water sound I'm like what is that like a waterfall or something and I turn the corner and they had a full size like water park level water slide like the full tube oh god i'm so jealous it wasn't super huge it wasn't super huge or whatever but it it went up and it was like yeah the full tube pushing out like gallons of water (laughs) yeah got this at your house that is a premium yeah we had like a huge ass drought i mean we got out of it but it was like you know california is a giant drought there's wildfires all the fucking time and like yeah, I just sat there and I just looked at that fucking thing. I was like, Jesus Christ. Here's something I'll bet you. I, I'm willing to bet yeah. a good amount of money that this person is young mm-hmm. and yeah. he got rich and uh, he saw blank check and he won yeah. the water slot. I can fucking guarantee it, dude. Yeah. It's like yeah. those guys <laughs> yeah. are like that. I don't know. I, I, I always, I mean, it's fun to think about like, what you would do if you had all of the resources to do anything you want to yeah. to a house no, but exactly. like that stuff i mean like the billionaire stuff stopped being fun when i realized how much 
resources they're hoarding. It's like, oh, it's not yeah. fun. It's to- stupid. I mean, I even think owning more than one house is stupid. Like, if you have the ability to go visit some place and rent a place while you're there, you don't need a f- another fucking house. Nobody yeah, needs that. more than yeah. one place to fucking live. I agree with that. But yeah, if you want to go to the beach or something, sh- there should be a house there that you can just use for the week that you're fucking there. There's no reason to own it. Own it. Yeah, rich people don't do timeshare yeah. though. That's like yeah, <laughs> they they're not into that. That's, no, I mean they just own for, two places. They have vacation homes. Yeah, I know. I know. Timeshare yeah. is for broke people to uh, yes. fall for. Yeah, that's a scam that they prey on. Oh yeah, people with no money. <laughs> well, thanks, people for, with not enough money. Thanks for calling in, Al. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, we, how's we, it going? Have got, a great night. We got one more to go, but we got an anonymous jump in. Well, it's eleven fifty-two. We have about twenty minutes. You want to hear? Dare? We have to play Dare. Go for it. All right, that's the end of the song. Wow. Uh, Why don't you help us? What a fucking shitty song. Here's the deal. I remember going to school, just like all the heroin dealers that were just trying, they were just chasing you with needles down the street, trying to shoot you up. It was a different time. <laughs> These is, Zoomers don't have to come up in this hell hole that we did. That was like if the corn song Divine didn't have a hook and they just went to the fuck you. I'm fed up with you. I'm not as good as you. Fuck no. The part at the end. You know what I mean? Sure. It's it's like I, that because it's just a verse and then a chorus. And then all of a sudden they go, why don't you help us? And then end it. And by the way, there's so many effects on that voice. Yeah. You know, why don't you help us? I think he had a whole chorus going with him. There Let's was a get kid. a why don't you help us? The kids say that with him. Well, is it the kids or the cops? Both. Asking us to help them. I think everybody is just like, everybody's just sitting there. These kids are just zooted, booted, tooted, all of it. And they're just like, no one will help them. So everybody's just yelling at the sky. Yeah. (laughs) Why does anybody help these these strung out children? (laughs) It's fifth grade. I know, it is. Right? It's like nobody's doing drugs in fifth grade. I... Did not do drugs until the sixth grade. My I theory mean, is I graduated there and was like, hmm, interested in these drugs. <laughs> I mean, just it's such a small percentage of kids that take that risk. The other ones do not care or are like afraid of it, but uh-huh. like, or going to wait until later. But yeah, there isn't, it's not like when you go to school, there is, you know, there's no. I I had to fucking beg people to get me drugs. <laughs> Nobody was offering me drugs. Right. You know, they're very hard to get. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of breaking the law. Although it's not an epidemic. There was no, there was no, there wasn't like kids like walking, like begging for like dollars in the halls, you know, to get their next fix. Alcohol was a lot harder to get. I I don't think so. Everybody had a lot more alcohol. For us, it was harder to get alcohol than drugs because drug dealers don't have that whole like age thing. I just tell my daughter. Uh, last week, there was a, a, a store about 10 minutes from my house growing up. And for a while, they were selling alcohol to kids and just cool. charging them an extra dollar. 
<laughs> we would always be trying to get a ride there, and then we'd buy a bunch of forties and take them home. It was like a little service charge, but they got busted pretty easily. Yeah, <laughs> it was a quick one. All right, uh, we got one more to go. We got two jump ins right now. Let's see. Are they anonymous? Okay, let's try to get them all. I think we can get them all. Hey, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Oh, oh shit! The sound went off. That's uh, you. Hi, I'm. Uh, yeah, hi, I'm uh, Kurt Vinlander. I'm a uh, libertarian socialist organizer in Virginia and somebody who appears a lot on other people's Twitch streams. Okay. Uh, I'm actually a coordinator with my local food not box. Oh, well. cool. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Talk about. Yeah, it changed my life. It's fucking incredible. The basis of any economy is how people get their food. The basis of any ecosystem. So, like, rebuilding that in a cooperative way is very important. Well, if I, wants to start one or get involved, there's all the stuff on the website. But, it, uh, yeah, what I wanted it's to talk also, about it's, is the upcoming... Go ahead. I was gonna, the thing I wanted to say is I do like that it's also, like, this is a bunch of leftover food. We can transport it to people that can use it. And there's no, like, paperwork or any bullshit or tax codes. It's just, yeah. like, it's just well, straight-up redistribution like, yeah. for us. Yeah, is that we, we, we cook it up. We also try and work a lot with local farms and stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to get us more involved in community gardens. So it's not just using what's left over from capitalism, but also helping to lay the seeds of a genuinely socialist, genuinely uh, social ecologist food system. Yeah, Brian, there is a cook. They're, uh, they are, cook. They're going to cook on the yeah. 26th, but we're going to be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So I think we'll miss it. Son yeah, but they're doing it. They're doing it until like seven at night. Hmm. Well, I'm not. Yeah. I'm going to miss that. Yeah, I'm going to be just about getting the next home, one. and it's five hours right. drive. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, what I was calling to is that there is the weirdest fucking political situation brewing here. Uh, in Richmond, what we have is a very neoliberal Democratic. Uh, majority in the state and in the city and then they're like it's all the white liberals have are kind of the ruling class right the 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 white uh bourgeois liberals are kind of the ruling class right now but anyways you're trying to get gun control legislation in rather than doing anything useful some pretty um it's like pretty standard assault weapons ban stuff uh except it's all really stupid um they're like trying to ban basically anything more scary than an SKF, which um, Virginia has some of the laxest gun laws in the state. The only thing that's illegal is like a plastic shotgun. Like there's people with machine guns and shit. We have a couple. But anyways, um, they're also trying to ban, uh, it's in an anti-paramilitary bill, uh, teaching like self-defense skills to groups. Okay. Stuff, which is probably uh, more aimed well, it's probably duly aimed both at the rural right-wing militias, but also at any potential leftist stuff brewing in the cities, because we the city's half black and it's being gentrified all to hell and it's hurting, things are getting worse. And uh, the socialist left is picking up steam, though not quite as quickly as I'd like, but uh, that's what I'm working on. But what's interesting is that uh, J20, which is January 20th, it's the lobbying day, where the legislate it's when the legislator reopens after winter break and everyone goes and lobbies for their things and anarchists uh we go and fuck every we go and fuck up shit for the neoliberals. Um however 
there is going to be a massive gun rights demonstration by the Virginia Defense League. And if anyone saw our Virginia Citizens Defense League, and if anyone saw the Sasha Baron Cohen show, uh, I am America, whatever it was called. This is not this is America. Who is America? Uh, oh, yeah, I remember that. that group is there. He's the one that teaches the kids about guns or whatever. Uh, is like, he's a shithead. But anyways, all these militias are going to be in the city protesting for gun rights. Meanwhile, there's a bunch of libertarian leftists who support gun rights, but there's no, like, organized, uh, gun-focused left-wing groups. There have been attempts to get stuff off the ground, but it hasn't materialized. Okay. Because all the anarchists here are more interested in bicycles and firearms. But it's, um... Hot take. Rural counties have been, like, passing legislation to recognize militias as legitimate. And, like, it has set off a firestorm on right-wing gun YouTube. So it's, uh... That's good. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's good to scare them. <laughs> kinda. Right? Unless they so shoot us, because that's kind of scary. Weird thing, where technically we agree with all these right-wing militias, but also they're just trying to start a... Also, a lot of them are just, like, looking to pick a fight. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be in the fucking mountains uh, the weekend right before this happened. Like, I'll be arriving back in the city as this is going on. Uh, helping out, I'll be out in the mountains helping out with the elephant street set. If you all want um, from the other promo that it's blocking the pipeline, it's very important work. And this is the most important period because the pipeline is nearing what would be completion unless we win in this case. But, um, you know, Finch treats it. But, um, yeah, like just figuring out how the libertarian left fits into this when so much of the narrative is dominated by liberals versus conservatives. And of course, it's a weird alliance between like constitutionalist groups and like far right black jobs. So, yeah. is, is there anywhere people can open. find info about this? Jeez, uh, yeah, if you just look up like Virginia um, J twenty guns, or uh, the there's the Virginia Citizens Defense League website. They're the ones hosting the event, which is going to feature uh, militia groups from all over the eastern border of the country, uh, from as far as ways like Florida. Um, okay. And like, I'm not necessarily promoting this group, this uh, event, because like what they're protesting for is good, but the people doing it are primarily, at least on an organizational level, utter shitheads. Yeah. 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 That's Absolutely. a challenge. Um, yeah. It creates a really strange economy. Cause like even all the, like, uh, the libertarian leftists I know who are interested in guns and actually uh, doing like activism for guns and stuff. I haven't gotten enough of them in a room to actually start. I mean, there's been attempts to get a socialist rifle association group going. I think there used to be like a John Brown gun club or something. But it, it's creating a very strange and awkward situation. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I'm, it's been. I've had the conversation with some of my Democrat friends that are just not into it, and. Uh, you know, they're like, I'm like, well, I mean, a gun is a tool to me. I just feel like it has a certain use that, yeah. we, you know, uh, right. But like, 
you know, I said what I said to them was it came down to when I saw, I think down in Florida where there was a bunch of guys, there was a bunch of fucking right wing lunatics in boats, like looking for people that were looting or whatever after a hurricane. And then there was like DSA yeah, people out exactly. there like, helping um, ICE immigrants and shit like or people escape ICE. Happened in Katrina. Yeah, there were militias that tried to commit pogroms, like full on, like nineteen fifteen. Let's go burn down the Jewish village. Right, like they were they were planning on massacring black neighborhoods. They got uh, they got stopped because their uh, equipment got sabotaged by anarchists, but their like trucks got sabotaged wow. or something. Yeah, but like there were like private security guys, private security groups, and like armored vehicles with like fifty cows, like shooting at. Uh, looters or what people they called looters, right? Probably just black people walking around. Uh, yeah. Jones is a good article about the secret history of Katrina, but like, yeah, because like these militia groups are the people we're probably going to be fighting against. Like, if shit hits the fan totally, I don't expect like the U.S. as a state actor to remain to maintain the support of the majority of the population, yeah. Um, especially not in rural Virginia. Um, so, like, these right-wing militia groups are the people we we don't want gun control because we want to fight the people who are also protesting against gun control. <laughs> right. We want to be able to be defended against the people who are also protesting against gun control. Right, right. Yeah, it's a weird scenario. But, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, like there, it's, a, it's a lot to navigate. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, and I, like, I, like, I don't, I would rather something else happen besides anything what we're talking about, but it's just for that one, if, you know, when it, if that is uh, what's going to happen, you know, I want to be prepared, yeah, you know. Like I would, yeah, I would prefer to have to deal with these two the bourgeois liberals. I, I would prefer to have to deal with them because they're only really a threat in the earth and, uh, uh, and when it comes to like ecological stuff and, and urban stuff. Yeah. Um, cause like they don't have a whole lot of effects on like more rural policing and stuff. Um, it's, it's pipelines and gentrification are why we need to deal with them. Um, but on a, the, and on the rural level, the main opponent is the reactionaries primarily, uh, and also capitalism and stuff in general, like the destruction of small farms. But like I haven't seen much of a rural left movement growing here. Now there is one growing in Appalachia, especially around pipelines and stuff. And but like in uh, the rest of Virginia, uh, not so much. Unfortunately, there might be. I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah. But it's definitely a necessity and something I, as a non-binary person who is starting hormone replacement therapy in a year, am not at all suited to deal with. But I'm painfully aware of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks. Uh, um, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I. I just hope there's not armed escalation. Like best case scenario. I'll wrap it up. Uh, best case scenario is just that the right the militias are more bark than bite. Worst case scenario, they actually try to start an insurgency. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Anyway, thank y'all for finding a good fight. <laughs> yeah. Have a good Talk one. And Street Fight will, we will be on those pirate radio channels if it comes down to that. We will never stop broadcasting. 
No, we won't. I don't think. I mean, it would be hard for me to stop. I need to do this. Yeah. You know? Gotta do the scuttlebutt for the day. You ready? We got a couple more to go. Uh, we got we some have jump-ins. Just like hang up on my eight minutes. Hang up on the jump-ins. Let's uh, let's take another one. You're oh. worried when it gets this late and there's anonymous calls and stuff. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Yeah, what's your basis for morality? Oh God, what is that? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I don't even know what that's supposed what to mean. What does that mean? <laughs> All right. Oh yeah. Oh, what's your basis for morality? Hello? Yeah. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Oh hi. Um, my name's Ali. How's it going, Ali? Oh yeah. So um, I mean, I'm a Chapo listener, and um, I don't know if that means anything to you guys. Um, I'm calling in from SoCal, and I'm I'm a college student as well. And I just wanted to put out some frustrations, you know, because as a college student, I mean, you know, I guess people both on the right and the left, like, overestimate how left-leaning college students really are. I agree I with mean, that. like, when we on the... Huh? I agree with that. I, I was just in school yeah. in, in 2016, 2015, and it's not the haven for left-wing thought that people think it is. I mean, there's a lot of people doing leftist stuff there, but mm -hmm. uh, there's, yeah. there, the, I mean, the, the education still trends pretty conservative. No, exactly. I mean, and they're all these, like, business kids. I mean, I'm not going to get into that. Um, but, that, like, like, for example, at my school, our DSA, I mean, has, like, five members while the TPUSA has like 50 to a hundred. And I mean, it's, it just feels like a completely uphill battle. I mean, when I'm talking with other students, right, they'll have, they'll share their concerns about this like student debt or like healthcare or whatever. And like, I tell them things, you know, and they bring these like right wing topic talking points, like, you know, uh, SJWs, or, you know, billionaire apologia, you know, things like that. And, um, it's, I mean, it's, th those, those are pretty easy to shoot down, but after a while it gets like, it, it gets tiring, you know? Right. Like this whole thing. Like, yeah. I was a sociology and major I and I heard a lot of that stuff. So I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And like, what do you, what do I do? Like, I mean, I, I have a couple of people that are like really into it and whatnot, but like, how do we, how do we break through? Like, what is, what is the way to break through? You know, I, I don't really know. I mean, I, I am kind of, uh, I, it's hard to explain to people what like college is, you know, a lot of the people that think yeah. it's this big haven for leftist thought are, uh, didn't mm -hmm. go. You know, they just never went there. Exactly. And they don't understand mm -hmm. how it works. I, I I think like there's a lot of 19 year olds in college and with 19 yeah. year old comes a lot of bad opinions a lot of times, you know, because they don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, high school teaches you sort of how to uh, how do I explain this? Like high school teaches you how to um, read and 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 retain i not retain knowledge but how to memorize and and uh 
do a test, basically. You know, they don't teach you to critically think. College is there to get you to critically think. It's there to teach you how to engage with whatever it is you're reading and and how to how to engage with theory or 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 whatever it is you're doing and i think that like in the 100 level courses and in the early time we have there is should be a space for people to be wrong because they don't have a chance to like deal they don't have a chance to like really they haven't learned like sort of how college is going to work now when you get into the 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 you know, the high level classes, it is kind of like, I mean, a lot of times you're mixed in with a lot of seniors. I don't know. I think that like people do come out of college a little bit more. I guess we have conservatives no matter what though. So, you know, people, people come out of college. I think, uh, you have a better chance of somebody coming out of college, like as a liberal, right? Like than you do, as a conservative but even then it's like you know people just have i mean we all are victims of this but there's like conventional wisdom and uh yeah i think that conventional wisdoms it it, it, we suffer from like right like so it's like the sjw thing that's just conventional wisdom now that's not like a, a that's not a real thing. It's not something where people are being overrun by SJWs. It's just that people I mean, have I've said it. I mean either. People have said it enough that people have said it enough that then they they believe that they exist, you know? And that mm-hmm. that's sort of what I uh I I think like if you push back against what they're saying in in your courses, it, it, if if you voice uh, an opinion in a way that gets them to think about their opinion. I, I remember as an a sociology 101 class and this guy started talking about how when you go out on a date, women expect you to pay for them, but they don't. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's such a dumb thing to what? say, but it's just kind of like three other people raised their hands and we're like, what is like, what are you talking? You know, like they gave him something to think about when he left. And that's what I think the, that's the utility I think college has is that like you get the chance to, um, you get the chance to uh, push back against your ideas and you get to hear other ideas. So yeah, that's kind of the way I think of it. (laughs) But uh, I'm glad I, I, I'm glad you're checking us out and uh, we, we do love Chapo. There, there are, there are friends. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do hey, a show uh, with Felix. So. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, have a great night. Yeah. Peace. We're calling it. Yeah, you too. We're calling it. Yeah, no I, more. I'm not picking up these calls. Nope, not interested. Ah! I'm going to watch your basis of morality. I don't. What are you talking about? Yeah. What does that question mean? Do, do, did you read Theracles? Or do you read? Did you read right some Caesar? Right? Did you read uh, um, the Art of me. War? Uh, excuse me, sir. What is your basis for reality or, or more, mor- morality? Those words don't even fucking go together. We should argue with that guy, but I was afraid he was just gonna bust out with n words immediately. So it was yeah, just that is like, the worry. Right, well, yeah. that's what it's been. 
when these people have called. Next time, I'll yep. I'll, I'll ask him what that means. If okay. he wants to call in, I'll say, what does that question mean? Sorry. Yeah. I didn't know where it was going. <laughs> it was stupid. And he was going to do something. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just so hard to call in. You feel like you're going in guns blazing. What, you got, what are you going to do? Right? Yeah. Like, you can try to do the... You can try just to say a bad word, which, like, doesn't get you anywhere. Or... I mean, he did care enough to like come up with one his one thing that he thought he was going to demolish us. He like, should have called. Oh in. shit! We never even thought about the basis of morality. <laughs> I don't want to give people things any. I don't want everybody to be taken care of anymore. I don't think that working people deserve shit because I didn't even have a basis for my morality. <laughs> he should have called in earlier. I would have been more likely to keep talking. Yeah. Like, we're at the end of the show. I'm not going to argue with this guy uh, early. Yeah, call in early and ask me what my basis for morality is. Yeah, you'll and I'll kind of rug. try to discern what that question means. And then, you the know, Bible, we'll have a chat. The Bible. The my Bible. basis. Mine's all in the Bible. Everything I believe is right, written right in the Bible. Yeah. Everything I believe is uh, 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 just comes right off the top of my fucking head. Yeah. That's how it works, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, have a have a great week. Thanks I'm for going to be to on a lot of. I I want to say this at the end of this show. I'm doing a series about gaming on uh no cartridges Patreon with Hagelbon. I don't know how many episodes I'm doing yet, but uh, the first one should come out soon. I'm recording it tomorrow, and he's a sweet guy. And uh, if you have it, give some support over to that guy because he's a, he's a great dude. Yes, he changed my life. Really. Yeah, I've told this before. I, I've said this on the show. I had him on back when I did the third shows, but like I was considering going to grad school and then like he kind of said like he kind of explained what it's like and then said like if you think you can make street fight something, you're going to reach more people and uh it's going to cost you a lot less money. And True. he was one of the guys that like that being somebody that went through it and did the whole thing. I kind of I respected that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and I respected that opinion and it it stopped me and it made me do this. Absolutely. Where my basis of morality is questioned almost on a daily basis. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Street Fight. You want more of what we do? It's on Patreon like we said. We appreciate it. Um go pre-order those shirts. The the injury to gumball is an injury to all. They're getting reprinted. A bunch of people bothered me about getting them reprinted. There's union labor this time. It's the really soft, good t-shirts this time. You can get that over at store.streetfightradio.com. I'm going to be ordering those at the end of the month. Uh thank you for tuning in, supporting what we do, all of that stuff. We'll see you on Wednesday. We're going to do a we'll do an ABCD call-in show maybe in 2 weeks or so. Or maybe we'll Go be on two weeks. We're gonna be in Harrisburg. Harrisburg I don't think we're gonna do a call in. Everything. Well, How we'll, about we say the? I don't. Uh, let me get my calendar out. Sunday I'm gonna, after. I'm gonna give you the date for the next ABCD call-in show. Except for if the basis for my morality guy calls in, I'll, I will talk to him. This you would time. give him his whole show. I'm gonna give him a few minutes. Uh. So what we'll do is we're gonna say. Well, you know what. The truth is we can do ABC. Let's do ABCD on uh, February 2nd. Let's call. F and it gives us time to like get people ready and stuff Poster. like that and explain it and shit. Yeah. February 2nd. 
I'm putting it right in my calendar right now. It's Groundhog Day. Oh, shit. Well, we're still doing the show. Soup Fest is that day. Okay. I don't know if we're doing the show. So let's do... We'll do J... Ah, fuck. This is hard. All right. We'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> it, might, it might just be next Sunday. January 26th, I think. Let's do January 26th. After we get back from Harrisburg? Fuck. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Uh, we'll see you later. Peace.